All right, thank you all so much for tuning in, well, to the Lionhead Gaming VOD and or podcast for this recording of Heroes of Thylea's Session Zero. This is what we'll be talking about basically the outlook for the game and what it is, uh, my objectives in running uh, Odyssey of the Dragon Lords as produced by Arcanum Worlds is going to be, and uh, just sort of kept catch up with everyone's uh, perspective character ideas and also sort of get a moment to reintroduce uh, our cast for this show, uh, which will be streaming on Sundays at 5 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so without further ado, let's go ahead and get on into it. So <clears throat> just to start off. Thank you, Nick. Uh, I wanted to go ahead and open up with some player uh, introductions. And I will start as the uh, the DM. We'll just go, uh, I guess, just down the line. Let's see here. Um, so I am Jordan. I uh, run Lionhead Gaming. Um, he, him are my pronouns. Um, 26. I don't really, uh, <laughs> don't really enjoy, uh, let's see, beaches or really hot weather. Just a random little fact about me. I don't know why people like sand so much. Um, I really enjoy talking about D&D. Right, Mr. First College Class. Yeah, that's, that is exactly what this is, sir. Welcome. Come on down. Hop in. Here's Join in. Don't you honest. frown at me. <laughs> you got you knew. He at least told you what to do for the first day of class. I like the smell of lavender. Do you? Nobody cares! I know. Um, but I do enjoy uh, passionately arguing with my friends here uh, about balance and rules and all that kind of stuff when it comes to D&D, &D, arguing about the merits of spells and all that kind of stuff. So you might hear that sort of thing uh, talked about. Uh, here on Lionhead Gaming, I stream D&D uh, &D on upcoming now Sundays and also Tuesdays and Thursdays with Kingdoms of the South on Tuesdays and Song of Rapture on Thursdays. Um, mostly for posterity uh, and to interact with anyone who likes to watch. Uh, I also like to play video games and stuff like that, like normal, you know, nerd shit, watch The Expanse and anime and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so, yeah, it's more or less me. Anyone else want to volunteer to go second? Like so we're going to yeah, one! So we were going down oh, the yeah, line! I did. But there were Nick. two lines! Alright, uh, just scrap it! Fucking That's take fine. it from the top! Throw this one out! Throw it out? I'm really going off script on this one, Jesus! <laughs> That's the merits of recording, is I can just throw it out. Okay, but who's next? She said Nick. Which Nick? Nick Nick or Nicole Nick? Yeah, we got one Nick on it's either side of the line it. here. Right. It's Nicole and Well, I guess down the line technically would be you uh, so. Okay, so we are doing it my way. Alright, uh, so I'm Mel. My pronouns are she and her. I'm 26 years old. Some things about me is that I'm a self-proclaimed dork. I'm a theater kid, musical dork, Disney dork. I'm a coffee enthusiast, and so if anybody here follows me on Twitter, I'm also very open about not just my artwork, but also about the fact that I'm ADHD, and I'm 
very open to having conversation about that for those who don't really know what it is because apparently there's not a lot known about it and even everything that i knew as a child was basically wrong uh my tabletop rp experience i haven't started playing tabletop games until like 2017 but before that it, uh from 2008 i was role playing on gaia online with some friends so i already had a background in wanting to create fantastical stories and character creation it's just uh i hadn't delved into dungeons and dragons yet i just didn't have anybody to introduce it to me until i had jordan in my life uh other hobbies would include drawing as i said binge listening to musicals and obsessively writing stories revolving around my D, &D character so you know pretty tame shit in my free time Next down the line, I believe we have Brendan. Me? Yes, you. What line are we going by? What Mine, is that? What Mine's line? the camera. Yeah, I'm the yeah. camera person. The yeah, we're using the, the line on the on this, that's being recorded. It's the L or the C or the backwards. Yeah, so backwards what we're... Something Capital that we're J doing, for Jordan. There you go. Boom. So I, I will say something we are doing very differently for this stream than the other games is instead of Jordan running the stream via his screen, which he usually does as a player, since he is uh, DMing the game, we're actually going to be running it through my screen. So I've got to do a little bit of finagling and messing around uh, with where the cameras are. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to see the beautiful title screen. Because oh, I like to keep the cameras at the top. You monster. Because when I talk to you, I like to look at the camera. So I'm looking at everybody when I speak. So your turn, Brendan. All right. I am Brendan. Howdy. Uh, pronouns. He, him. I've uh, been playing D&D &D for, God, I don't know, like seven years at this point. I don't know. Uh, DM'd a whole bunch. Started with second edition Dungeons & Dragons. Then uh, moved on to doing 5th edition. Mostly 5th edition at this point. Uh, I DM'd another game that we had on this channel. The Expanse. That ran from level 3 to level 20. It was a good old time. With a lot of the same faces we've got here. And uh, yeah. Playing a character here. That's going to be a little divergent. For what I usually do. Although I like to try to play a little bit. Of all different types of things. Special thing about myself. I don't know. When I was a small child, I wish I had a fourth nipple. I didn't want a third. I wanted a fourth. That's a lie. I don't really mix shit up. Where? How are you going to have a fourth if you weren't going to have a third? Would you like to know, Mel? Huh? Yeah. Don't shame me. Yeah, I'm hoping for uh, some good stuff in here. And, uh, yeah. Usually like to talk about all D and D rhetorical questions and weird hypotheticals and stuff. I always love a good discussion about rules and nonsense like that. So if you see me in the Discord, that'll a lot of time be what I'm talking about is rambling about some nonsense that doesn't make any sense. Or constructing some horrible abomination. Oh yeah, multiclassing is uh, the way of life. Which Jordan isn't going to allow me to do, which makes him evil. Correct. Everybody out there know that he's an evil, evil man. <laughs> so if we see you shaking at some point, is that just, you know, withdrawals or? Yeah, if I'm like biting at my fingernails and stuff, you'll know why. <laughs> Pulling out my hair randomly. All right. Next down the line, we've got John. Well, I know him. Hey, John, uh, pronouns he, him, his. 
Uh, all kinds of stuff. I'm the only one here that's allowed to be cold. Uh, I live in, in this Arctic place. Uh, Jordan will continually tell you that it's Montana. That's not true. It's North Dakota. Uh, I've got it right recently. 2020 best place to find a job. Just saying, Jordan. And the cost of living's dirt cheap. Just saying. Uh, things I like to do. Love the outdoors. I got a lake place. Uh, love to fish. Spend most of my weekends there. So if you ever see me on a Sunday game in a different background, it means I'm probably at the lake. Um, what do I do? Uh, what else do I do for fun? I don't know. Uh, normal stuff, I guess. Just bought a home, so that's kind of exciting. Um, I work at this little technology company. They're fantastic. Greatest place you could ever work. Fantastic company. Uh, and we're going 100% green by 2030, which is really interesting. So, and then by 2050, we're going to uh, retroactively uh, stop all of the greenhouse emissions we've ever done as a company and for all of our partners by 2050. So that's pretty ambitious. Cool stuff. Um, D&D, it's fun. I, I do a, a little game on Tuesday called Kingdoms of the South. It's a great time. Uh, a few other characters and the, the folks that we have here. Check it out. It's fantastic. Uh, also hang out on the Discord quite a bit. Uh, I love memes, so I will post those mostly all the time. And whenever the D&D discussions get going, I'm always at work, so I just put the little arrows in agreement to everything above. All 175 messages that I've missed. They laugh because it's true. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. Besides that, I mean, I've, you know, kind of helped bring this ragtag group of hooligans together. March is coming up, guys. Three years. Oh, shit. Oh, together God. as a party. So uh, get ready for that. There might be some special stuff coming on the channel for that. You never know. Maybe a promo. Maybe a contest or a gift. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Other than that, uh, I'm playing an uh, interesting character. Uh, we'll see how it goes. All right, we're just going to follow along the edge here. So, Nicole, you would be up next. Would you imagine that? Okay. <laughs> um, well, I am Nicole. I'm currently living in Los Angeles. I am 21. I have played D&D for, like, six years, but I'm really new to Roll20 and, like, Technology in general has never been my friend, as demonstrated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm learning. Um, really excited to be playing with all of y'all and getting to meet all of y'all cool people. Yeah, why? <laughs> because you're cool people. That's what I said. <laughs> I am. I'm questioning her, their judgment. I don't. <laughs> So yeah. where did oh, yeah. you grow up? Because you don't say all y'all in California. I did grow up in California. So where I did you pick up all y'all? Apparently they say all y'all in California. I grew up in the part of California that likes to think it's actually in Texas. Um, mm. There you go. Oh, <laughs> you I know go. what you're talking about. You know, There's I, yeah. more, more horses yeah. and cows than there are people. Oh, that boy. kind of thing. Mm. Um, actually, so I, Eastern I California. My friends in California are moving to Texas actually because it's more affordable than living in fucking California. Huh. Yeah, that that makes sense. California yeah. is a bit of a time. I spent six years on the East Coast to get away from California, <laughs> but now I'm back. Um, pronouns are they them. Uh, what else am I supposed to say again? Hobbies. Hobbies. Oh yeah, I'm studying to be an actress. Uh, I also write excessively it's 
fantasy, short fiction. Oh, I look know, forward to reading something. Fiction? We're going to be best friends. Yeah, <laughs> that seems to be a reoccurring thing with me and my friends, meaning you guys apparently. <laughs> I'm assuming you're going to be posting your fanfic and everything, right? Fanfic. Star Trek, maybe? Maybe some. I know one of our other players loves some Sonic the Hedgehog fanfic, that's all I'm saying. Oh no. <laughs> oh, he loves it. It just gets yeah, worse. Right? Oh my goodness. I. No, I write mostly flash fiction, which is like kind of abstract short fiction. Gotcha. I'm... Other than that, my hobbies are like D and D and reading. Good hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> Good hobbies. All right. So Can next you... in line, is there more you would like to say, Nicole? I'm sorry. No, you are good. Unless there's more you all want to know. I think that was down the list. All right, next one up would be Nick. Hello, my name is Nick. My full name is Nicholas. Uh, funnily enough, I was actually named after my mom, who is named Nicole. Hey. This is getting weird. <laughs> Dad, I don't like this anymore. <laughs> I don't have an H in my name. What is up with me and finding people with the same names as other people I know? It only goes downhill from here. Uh, my uh -huh, me too, thanks. Are he, him, his? Uh, I am the token homosexual of the group. Hey. Gotta have one. He's he token, can say he's that. Token everything. He's apparently. describing himself. Let him describe. Well, see, I can't be the token everything because Jordan's also black. So. Oh, fair. Uh, I guess my hobbies would mostly be D and D and video games. Do I? I haven't done a lot of cooking recently, but I watch a lot of cooking channels and TV shows. Uh, I've been playing D and D for about four years. It was about a year before I met this group. I was just hopping around groups and then leaving them silently because I didn't like them. As you do. I think that's it. Is there a question I didn't answer? I don't think so. More or less. That's a pretty yeah, good impression of you. Yeah. All right. So then. I don't talk a lot. <laughs> I think that's the most we've gotten you to talk. That's not true. So then, next up would In be one setting. Peter. Yeah. Next up would be Peter. Oh boy. Uh, hi, I'm Peter. Wait, hang on. I need a list in front of me. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my name is Peter. Peter, you were the This last is my one. introduction. You were the last one to go. Shut up. No one asked you. Name, basic info, pronouns, TT. <laughs> okay, I got you. Uh, hi, my name's Peter, basic info. Uh, this is a pretty awful time because my one of my friends, uh, her birthday was yesterday. And uh, rum is pretty great. It's all sugar. Vodka is pretty awful when it's cheap because you can taste the alcohol. 
hypothetically speaking. Hypothetically. Uh, my pronouns are he and him uh, about you. Uh, currently, I'm studying in mechanical engineering. Uh, NZANT, hit me up. Uh, you know, if I'm struggling on this question, that means I'm a really boring person. <laughs> and I'm not necessarily true, but... Wow. Oh, uh, what wow, are your hobbies? Uh, wow. I play D&D. &D. Uh... You also build robots. Oh yeah, do the FIC thing, hit me up. Uh, you also play video games? I play video games. I'm a certified advanced open water diver. I've been like everywhere or something. Uh, Cancun was pretty great because it's warm and you don't have to wear a wetsuit. Uh... TTRPG experience. Woo, lad! <laughs> Alright, so, buckle and buckle words, because I tend to remember it. So, I started off with the original, 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 before, like, Gary Gygax leveled D&D because of my dad. Like, before, before I was licensed from Wizards, and you could make a monk that has, like, 77 attacks. And it's really cool, because that's how D&D worked back then. Back when it was called Thief and not Rogue. Uh, and then I moved on to, uh, among other things, like 3.5e or something. Uh, and then I branched out more. Uh, I played 5e. 5e is pretty great, and I just stuck with it because it's really hard to find people for the four other editions. But eventually I got sort of bored of 5e, and I started playing different RPGs and, and the more esoteric kind. I played Godbound, I played Shadow of the Demon Lord. Tokyo Nova, uh... Divinity, I think it's called. No, it's called Exalted. Wrong one. Exalted. Look at that. That's pretty fun. And among other things that I can't remember because I've played them for like two or three sessions and I was like, yeah, this isn't only my cup of tea. And like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Been on Roll20 for a while. That's how it's really opened up the avenues for me to experience the other games. But I still come back to 5e for these. I, guess, I suppose you could use the term friend, but... Hell. A loosely... Yeah, loosely, loosely termed. Wow! Because they're my best friends. Ooh, got him. Ha ha, funny. Like, comment, subscribe. <laughs> Bring that bell. Smash that like button. Bring Smash that like button. Ha ha, got him. Ooh, dab, 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 dab. Uh, any other hobbies? Or you want to share or anything? Uh... Alcohol's pretty great. That's not a hobby. I'm telling your mother. Oh, it can be. Not yet. Pierre's oh entire introduction is one long beep sound now the recording. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Well, you know, I mean there's no there's no why why edit it out when that's that is uh you know, I mean that's what you're gonna get if you tune in live more or less. Uh so <laughs> Sober Peter and Unhungover Peter are actually way cooler. I just can't think. It's like more water. I mean, I mean, hypothetically. Hypothetically speaking. Yep. Yeah. I know it. I got it. Oh, and uh, Epicene didn't kill himself. Yang Gang 2020. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Peter. Uh -huh. That's yeah! <laughs> First stage of president. First stage of president. <laughs> and yeah, that's uh, that's the cast that we're looking at for Heroes of Thylea. A Lionhead Gaming production of Odyssey of the Dragon Lords. Now, 
we also do need to talk about basically how it is we're going to be uh, we're going to be running this. We're going to be pulling a lot of things from what we do with our other games uh, in terms of like basic uh, rules and procedures for dealing with things. But you know, let's go ahead and uh, work our way through what it is we're we're dealing with, so we can set some ground rules and and we can argue about house rules and all that kind of stuff. Also, so yeah, arguing. I know nothing nothing better than good old-fashioned yelling so uh, you know in terms of the campaign time uh, I'm estimating this game uh, to more or less every session to be about I'm estimating about three and a half uh, hours more or less so we're looking at five to nine p.m. was would be the the clearance window so that's technically four hours that you want to set aside but we may wrap up you know at like 8 30 or something like that depending on if it just makes sense like this is a good place to stop let's stop here that sort of thing but uh, I am estimating that window uh, every Sunday weekly uh, streamed to roll 20 um, we have a absences and cancellations channel uh, so you know definitely if you can post you know hey I'm gonna be late or I'm not gonna be able to make this next session that sort of thing uh, in that channel so we can appropriately adjust uh, accordingly um, in terms of the attendance policy, um, we'll only be playing with one absent player out of the six that we have, um, and we'll try to go with the normal system that we use with the other games, where you'll entrust your character to another player uh, of the absent player's choice. Uh, if that player hasn't entrusted their character to another player, I'll assign it to another player, usually Brendan, because, like... That's just what I always do. The motherfucker, the motherfucker's never not here, so I just always give him the characters. I think he has better it's understanding like, of like, how. I think he has a better understanding of how all classes just end up working. Yep, <laughs> that is why I lean on him when I need to put a has character he, in someone's hand. Has he puppeted every character in Kingdoms of the South at one point? He hasn't puppeted well, me he or Mel. He had a puppet. Who puppeted Katie when I was? Oh, no, you puppeted me day. when I was in the hospital. That's yeah, right. I, Couldn't hit with any I, javelins. I puppeted. Yeah. <laughs> or hammer strikes. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, he puppeted you. Oh yeah, you critted on every javelin throw, pretty much. So then <laughs> did you? Came. So then, Jordan, did you puppet me? Who puppeted Katie when I wasn't there that one time? I think I did puppet you. Yes. Hey. All right. <laughs> so that's who you got left on the checklist, Brendan. I'm pretty sure I haven't been missing Kingdom Hearts house. I don't think so. Maybe. Sobolus, maybe there was a game someone played you i don't know um but yeah if you know you're going to miss a session uh please notify the group via the absence and cancellation channel in the discord um and that's that's basically that i don't know if there's anything else in in that sort of realm of conversation in uh group creation uh so we can go ahead and talk about the style of game that we're going to be dealing with uh with this so uh, since we're playing on roll 20 um, combat will be handled using the best quality grid maps I can manage or create or have Mel draw if we get to that point <laughs> um, overland and sea travel that sort of thing uh, will primarily be theater of the mind uh, with splash art and cinematic you know like hey here's sort of what you're seeing around you but you don't have to like worry about you know trekking across squares and that sort of deal um, along with immersive music and sounds provided through Rule 20. Any questions about grids or anything like that? Uh, no flanking, right? No flanking, correct. I'm not to worry about that. Okay. Um, Am I going to have to get stuck into a grid? 
Can I stick myself in between two squares? You can move up to your speed, which is six squares, not feet. <laughs> Wait, it's counting things in squares in this one? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I just like Are to you okay. being a shitlord? I'm being a shitlord, Brendan. <laughs> I'd prefer if you could, you know, manage to stay in the in the grids when it, you know, makes sense. But if you need to, like, squeeze between objects or something like that, or, like, situations where you just need to get through, or you just literally trying to move 30 feet in a direction or whatever it's not going to be an end of the world uh in terms of adjudicating oh. aoe's uh you know i'll just do that um i'm planning on getting my hands on a set of uh aoe measuring tools that are in the style that i like which is a more sort of 3.5 or 4e box style than like straight circles uh so we'll use those for dealing with things like fireballs and vitriolic spheres and all that kind of stuff but i need to get uh those once they get uploaded onto the marking place um is that, is that to avoid uh like half half squares being covered by circles basically so that we we can stop arguing yeah. if a half square is it or not because yeah, like it'll it'll it 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 does it in a in a square fashion so uh if it's in the grid square it's in the grid square if brendan's like cheating and in between two grid squares you know then i'll just force him into the fireball and he can die it's fine he'll be he'll be okay i believe in him um <laughs> In terms of PvP, um, this is something that should not be happening uh, unless I've presented a very specific situation that allows for it explicitly. Um, I will, in the only situation that I can think of, uh, clarify out of character that PvP is allowed in this specific situation, uh, and it's engaged in with the expectation that everyone can just be mature and just have fun uh it will not be my goal or intention to create uh dramatic and potentially hurtful uh pvp situations uh it'll be a situation that is very risk negative it'll just be for funsies um but okay, other as than, long as mel dies <laughs> other than so, uh sorry the pvp is it just like for fighting or is that in general like no insight checking each other and no stealing from each other type of PvP roles. That's a very good follow-up question. Um, so in terms Thank of... Thank you for your question. It <laughs> <laughs> was a good, good follow-up, it was. Thank it's... you for your feedback. Your continuous support is what helps this stream thrive. Please wait while we get a representative to answer Mally, I will go upstairs. <laughs> Don't steal <laughs> shit from the party. Yeah, don't uh, yeah, don't, don't steal things from the party. Uh, working against the efforts of the other uh, party members is something that is not uh, really condoned and should not be expected for anyone to be participating in. Uh, they're going to be, you know, sort of in in fiction. There's going to be a really strong in fiction reason uh, to not do that. Um, that we'll explore when we get to that when we actually start playing. But it is the uh, understanding and agreement of everyone at the table to like not you know steal loot from people or do anything that would be you know worthy of our D and D next. Is this okay? My other player you know stabbed me in the back and punched my mom in game. Like you know don't try to. How did he find her? <laughs> Um, in terms of like insight checking and deception and that sort of thing, uh, that will be that sort of uh, role playing uh, PvP, I guess, um, will be allowed in a 
I guess a sort of play by ear mindset of just like, you know, let's let's try to, you know, tell a, a good story together. But if you feel like, you know, if you're trying to keep a secret to yourself and you want to keep that secret, you know, you can whisper a role to me and then you can whisper an insight check or what have you. And uh, I'll adjudicate accordingly uh, from there in terms of, you know, what it is you're picking up. Uh, but. I know we have a lot of experience with each other. Um, I know we have a, a new person coming into this game, uh, Nicole. Um, oh. And <laughs> hi. Um, you know, so we, of course, want to maintain the environment that I think that we have had over the last three years because it's worked for three years so far. So, you know, we, we sort of know uh, where that should come in at. And uh, if there are any, any issues, of course, then we can adjust or tone or uh, tweak things as necessary. Uh, from dealing with RP PvP. Um, any other questions on PvP? All right. Um, cheating. Uh, yeah, don't cheat <laughs> in any form under any circumstance. Uh, if there's something you want or need to change about your character that you legally can't change anymore, just bring it to my attention and I will almost universally allow you to make that change. Uh, don't abuse this to literally like change your whole class or, you know, something outlandish where it's like, yeah, I'm, I want to change my whole bloody spell list just because. Um, we are using the UA variant features. Um, so like a lot of the classes that have to deal with a, a very limited spell list, like for example, the sorcerer have a way to change out their spells relatively easy using that variant feature. So, you know, if you're like, you know what? I don't like earth and grasp anymore, but I don't, you know, want to wait to level up or whatever. You know, there's, there is a mechanic for dealing with that now. Uh, and you know, we'll, we'll play it by ear as to whether or not that needs to be tweaked or whatever, depending on how the game goes. Uh, but in terms of, you know, adjusting, uh, like spells that, you know, you prepared or what have you or anything like that. Don't, don't do that. Don't cause I'll know. Uh, and I won't like it. <laughs> um, you know, and keep track of your your stats, uh, you know, keep track of your the things you're carrying and your encumbrance and those kinds of things, the sort of things that have a bit more uh, rules coverage in this game. I definitely want to matter. I've thinned out a lot of the things that we've talked about over the preceding weeks um, in regards to like travel and stuff like that. But the things that are still going to be a part of the game, I do want to be treating uh, with, as, you know, just just as much seriousness and respect as the rest of the rules of the game. Um, questions for <clears throat> prepping spells because usually we're moving really really fast we get up from a long rest and then we're off to the next thing um i guess it's like how much time from long rest like should i start prepping my spells at the beginning of long rest should i is there a point where i should be able to start looking at my spells and rearranging them because i don't want to get like we woke up and we started traveling and I'm still rearranging spells with information that maybe my character wouldn't have had uh, immediately waking up. Yeah, so in terms of adjusting those large spell lists like you have, um, <clears throat> I would say the best thing you could do is is to to know the things that you're that you were planning on switching out when you went to sleep for example like you like knew that all right i'm not gonna prepare legend lore tomorrow but then you find out during you know your watch someone asks you to prepare a spell that you weren't planning to prepare notate that and make the changes as quickly as you can once we actually start the next day um so like if you need to write it down on some scrap paper or just like make a quick notation somewhere on your character sheet and just delete it all when you're done 
you know what it is you're planning on swapping out and then you can just do it pretty quickly uh, i would recommend doing that in case you are ambushed in the middle of the night or whatever and you're like halfway through your list and you're like well what did i even have prepared so let's let's avoid that by just utilizing uh the tools that we have available to us which is you know no paper or the character sheet or what have you um and just try to work it in from there okie dokie but in terms of like you know well when's the deadline for changing out my prepared spells it's you know once i ask you know all right you guys are ready to go you head out for the day you know when we get to that point where i'm confirming that you're traveling again that is the the point that you should no longer be switching out prepared spells gotcha. <clears throat> um any other questions in that realm of thinking Feel free to speak up anything there's no such thing as a bad question all right um in terms of metagaming uh, i'm pretty hands-off on players sharing information in combat uh but how information is shared should be determined by who's sharing it uh, a player can say i have 50 hp left the character should not so you can definitely say, you know, you, Brendan can say in Brendan's voice that he has 50 HP left, but I would really prefer not to hear Sophia say that she has 50 HP left in whatever sort of diction and voice or whatever that uh, he has for the character. Um, the player I have 50 can vitality say, points left. Yeah, exactly. Don't do that. <laughs> I have half of my life force, everybody. Um, oh, no. If my healthiness was in bar form, it would be about halfway down. You know, if you want to say these sort of things in character, there are, you know, some terms on the uh, character sheet under health. If any of them feel, you know, clunky for the way your character would talk, just swap them out with something you feel the character would actually say. Um, you know, the player can say that they only have two third level spell slots left. The character should not. That's not really how... Uh, magic is talked about in terms of this world uh we can go into that uh in terms of the the known knowledge about spell casting and that sort of thing uh later though but it has a lot to do with a uh, a connection to the self uh so just in the same way that you're you may talk about how injured you are in character the way that your character would say it has a lot to do with their understanding of magic so think about that uh in terms of uh you know, like uh, Mel's playing Nyx, a cleric, so she may refer to being able to only call upon the blessings of Valis only a few more times or something like that. Whereas, uh, you know, Sophia may have a different way of going about it. Same way with uh, Mercury, John's character. <clears throat> Any metagaming questions? Um, this is something that we have, as a group, have talked about a couple of times. Uh, so I just kind of want to open the opportunity or basically just kind of throw it out there that uh, I think it should be okay for us to say things in character and then clarify out of character because sometimes the words our characters will use, maybe it won't register. I know for me, some people would say things in character and it won't register mechanically in my head. Like I will miss things straight up. So if you want to have your character tell at least me something in character, and it's supposed to be a mechanical instruction, please clarify. Please clarify as a person what you're trying to tell me to do. Because I will not get it otherwise. Yeah, and you're playing high wisdom girl, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I play high <laughs> wisdom characters, but Melanie's wisdom is not very high. It's 11. <laughs> I'm definitely a fan of, like, 
asking for those clarifications if it makes sense to your character of like, hey, my character has fucking 20 wisdom. They would know what you're mentioning, but I, I'm drawing a blank. Can you let me know what's going on? But yeah. if you're playing Mr. Barbarian and you're like, I know he told me stuff with numbers and places. Can you clarify? I'm like, I don't want to, because maybe you also don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yes, I, I agree with that. And I also think for the sake of proper communication, if you have a character that doesn't understand something, but you as a player does, I think we should make like an effort to say, I as a player hear exactly what you're saying. My character doesn't fucking know what that means. Yeah. And I think, because I think that would help, because sometimes we're so in character, we forget to, to say what we actually understood or not. Not required, though. No, just uh, just throwing it out there. Yeah, if, if, the, if the player knows something, the character doesn't, you don't need to say, hey, my character doesn't know what the fuck you're talking about, because you could just say, yeah, character nods at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks I like they understand. <laughs> Yeah, like, there there have been some things, like, I know the DM would explain to me, like, oh, this is how blah, 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 you recall so-and-so telling you this and that, and I was like, okay, my character recalls those words, but my character doesn't know what those words mean. <laughs> uh, I've got another question for sort of metagamey thing, I guess two. One is uh, something I like to do, but it's not always kosher, is... Uh, the players sort of making assumptions about the world and then the DM either correcting it or just letting it fly. So if we come into a town and in my backstory, I said, you know, Hey, I've been to this town, you know, I travel here every other week and we get into town and you say, all right, well, where do you guys want to stay? And I, and I pipe up and go, I know a wonderful inn. Let's go to that place. Is that cool? But we're like, we're just sort of making assumptions. And if there's yeah. just no inn in town, the DM be like, well, actually, there's no inns in this yeah, entire town. That, that's important for me, too, because Nyx is very nomadic around where we're going to be starting. So I want to know, what can I just free range as improv? Because uh, I, I like being able to sort of just say things. And, uh, and if they're fine, just let them be fine instead of being instead of asking the DM from the get go of like little piddly things that I assume should just be correct anyways. There's obviously uh, stuff where you should just ask the DM. Well, you know. Yeah, I know the king. It's like, no. But maybe if you think you might know the king, you could be like, hey DM, <laughs> would I have ever met the king? I know that there's a king. But if there's yeah, like I, a general I, store in town, I can just be like, I know the general <laughs> store guy. I've known him all my fucking life. Yeah, his name's Bob. I know him. He knows me. And on that note, can we just, with with that exactly, if it's a place that our character referenced in their backstory as having frequented, can they just start acting familiar around certain NPCs? Yeah, I mean, if you, if you've like you know if you put NPCs in in your backstory, obviously you can you know be comfortable with the people that are there. If there are people that uh, are regulars at the place that you mentioned that you didn't put there that would be familiar with you, they'll probably act familiar with you uh, since they, they know of you. You know, you, this is a setting you've lived in, in some cases, for hundreds of years. Um, so that stuff makes sense um, in terms of, you know, going to like the general store and, you know, visiting Politimos or something like that. I would definitely try to, if you're going to try to do that sort of improv, I would su suggest uh, that, you know, it 
it flows with the story uh, and and makes sense in terms of like if you're gonna create a character, or you're gonna name somebody, you know, make sure that it's appropriate to what it is we're doing. You know, they should sound like they belong. They should be like they sh- their name should fit. Uh, you know, you're not gonna run into. Uh, you know, a lot of Benjamins in Thylea. Uh, or Bobs. Or Bobs. We need a <laughs> No. <laughs> uh, yes. Good old Bobacus. Uh, but in terms of... <laughs> in terms of uh, just, like, things that make sense for the world, uh, hopefully I've done a decent job of setting what makes sense as as we play so then you'll you'll be able to make those sort of informed decisions in terms of knowing who the king is and things like that those things are obviously pretty common knowledge in terms of having a personal relationship with the king yeah definitely ask for clarification as to whether or not that should be the case definitely ask for like hey I, have i ever met the king before it's like well it depends on which king we're talking about you know what i'm saying so uh those sort of the the lower the chance of success definitely you're definitely encouraged to ask before you just uh, assume because I I don't like correcting people after they say things not because it annoys me because that's not the case it's more just like I feel like I'm sort of like poking your story back into you as you're trying to tell it and I don't I don't like you know having to 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 do that uh, as you're like oh yes of course you know I, I know I've known Grigori since you know I was 10. It's like, well, there's no one named Grigori here. It's like, well, I don't want to do that to you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, After you, you, don't, you don't want to police our improvisational world background world building. Yeah. Mm. So all I ask is just make sure that your improv world building doesn't need to be policed. Because I don't want to do that to you. True, true, true. And the second part of that is sort of what is our overall knowledge of the world? Do we need to, you know, when we see a kobold or a goblin or something, do we need to go, what is this creature? Or is it assumed the, the characters have also read through the common shit in the monster manual and we see a monster go, oh yeah, we, we ran into an ogre the other day. Yeah, so, okay, so it's kind of jumping the gun a little bit, but it is related to metagaming. Um, yeah, so in terms of, like those sorts of things thylea is very much a mythical setting and it doesn't just mean that in terms of what it is we're dealing with it means that in terms of the world and so there are lots of creatures and and monsters right that have myths and tales and legends about them and like oh you know tales of how they were made and all this kind of stuff whether or not they're true i mean they're myths so that's who cares about that part what is the important part is that those things are talked about and so lots of things may be like um there's lots of like stories of like you know the boogeymen and the things that wait beyond the trees the things that snare you know men in off the roads and there's tales about harpies and goatlings and maenads all that kind of stuff uh are you know shared in the late night campfires by soldiers or you know to scare children to going to sleep that kind of thing uh those things are definitely talked about and in a lot of cases you should more or less recognize things like you're gonna you know what a cyclops is you know what a cyclops is you know more or less what a cyclops should look like there may be different kinds of cyclops that you know people have never seen but it's gonna have one eye and it's gonna be really big and you're gonna be like that's probably a fucking cyclops oh god why is there a cyclops here well you know that those sorts of things definitely check out um if there is anything 
weird or like you've never seen or heard about this sort of creature before um it'll definitely be something that i include in its initial description to sort of set the the mood for what it is you're looking at of like i don't know what that is none of us know what that is <laughs> gotcha uh, if there's are. like a chance that it's like sort of unknown knowledge but like people have encountered it before i'll probably be looking to you miss wizard to be like none of you know what that is but Sophia, give me an arcana check to see if you ever blah 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 blah. Gotcha. Yeah, the the general or the most common example of like, hey, if we walk up and see a troll, are we gonna go, what is that? Or it's a troll, or it's a troll, hit it with fire. So I guess it'll, it'll more... be it's a troll. The famed flames of felt the ghost have staunched its bleeding before and will do so again. So it, you uh, should definitely. I don't want to play this game anymore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know. So, I know you don't. <laughs> I guess but more of the questions. That it would gives you the opportunity to, to improv world build of like what was the story that you heard about because like it, yeah. it is definitely like you should know. But I also I will also really encourage like if you can think of something of like how it is you know like. Feel free to take that is definitely a place where you can be like, uh, yeah, I remember when Uncle John was telling me about how he lost his arm or whatever and to a troll. But, you know, this, that, the other story or whatever, just you can definitely so take a, that. Little so a somewhat liberal like player knowledge can be used by the characters for stories that we as like common modern day folk have heard of like, hey, we probably know Sirens sing to people and draw them into the depths we know harpies may also screech hey, a terrible hey, sound hey, and make hey, you go hey crazy now, hey now that's not true they they are free willing they can swim we don't draw them into the depths that's racist <laughs> yeah sirens sirens are are, are good mm. more or less yeah, so that's what John Sirens are very tragic. Re you yeah, should read tragic. the Thylian uh, siren lore. Yeah, and then of course anything, anything I think that's uh, in the PDF that I've given you, along with like a, a world primer that I need to finish, um, and like the stuff on the forums. Most of that stuff is relatively speaking common knowledge. The the things that have to do with like higher powers and titans and gods and stuff that is a lot thinner knowledge. Uh, you know, you probably wouldn't know that stuff without having proficiency or maybe even expertise in, like, religion and stuff like that. Um, Good deal. Yeah, so that's yeah. one of those things that usually catches me up, because, like, we were playing the other game. I'm a, a monkey man. Saw some kobolds. I'm like, I'm not sure if I know what a kobold is or not. <laughs> I'm not sure. Like, you know, the other character starts referring to them because kobolds, and I was like, all right, I don't, I don't know if we know that or not, but that's good. So we can just sort of assume we know generic monsters for being what they are. Okay. Yeah, most things, yeah. Sirens being evil. <laughs> Obviously. Um, you know, in terms of uh, in terms of mic etiquette, uh, you know, this is you know uh, a show of sorts. Uh, in addition to a D and D game, so just you know, try to do your best in making sure that we can all be clearly heard uh, without too much background noise, if you can. Uh, any efforts that you can take to ensure that are greatly appreciated. I'm not gonna like start yelling at you or anything like that, but just you know, try uh, where you can. Um, in terms of breaks, um, with the game being planned to run at least four hours on off the, on average, uh, there may be situations where I call for a break. Um, unless you guys think we need a definitive break time halfway in, which I don't, I'm not sure. I don't think we do. I think it could be like situations where we've played for two hours and you're getting ready for a big fight. I may call for a break just to sort of 
clear the the air and be like, hey, let's roll initiative. We'll take a quick uh, two minute break and get right into this when we get back. That sort of deal uh, will most likely be the situation. But I don't think we need a specific I mean, break time. I think I think the biggest one would be for you. I think most everyone else has wireless mics, so we just get up and walk away. I also have yeah. a wireless mic, but gosh. <laughs> I know you, but it's hard for a DM to just get up and walk away unless it's Tuesday night. Then it's pretty easy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, so I might just call for breaks uh, if I feel like it, it's warranted or I need one, uh, but not doing a scheduled break time. Uh, just going down the the sort of session zero. Oh wait, uh, wait, 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 wait! How oh, much? Yeah. How much? How much conversation gets to happen in a round of initiative? I.e. like, oh, wait, no, uh, actually, we're going to go uh, go through that door and then turn left. And then it's like seven feet in front of you. But watch out for the trap that's to the left. And, you know, uh, try to hit the one guy, but not the other guy in the back. But the third guy that's over there. Or is it just don't fucking die? Like, how much conversation are we going to allow in that six seconds of combat? Uh, I mean, sort of. Like a double cast of sending, I guess, you know, try not to go above like 50 words, if that makes sense. Just it's it's definitely sort of trying to keep in a reasonable amount. And, you know, you can converse, uh, you know, if someone prompts you or whatever, or someone if it makes sense to your character to say something, even if it's not, you know, your turn or whatever, because, you know, it's all simultaneous and blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, so it's 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 really just play it by ear, try to be reasonable with it, just like how we do in the other games. There's no hard and fast rules for it. But, you know, try to avoid doing the example that you that you did where it was like 92 things. That's a lot of words. Yeah, we did win, though. So that's all that mattered. Um, in terms of, you know, table behavior, I'm running this uh, with the expectation that we're going to be polite and courteous to each other where we can, besides the fact that we like to rip each other because we're friends. Uh, but when it comes to role playing, you know, we definitely want everyone to be able to play their characters. Uh, we want to foster and express a fun uh mythical story that uh is enriched with everyone's with everyone's participation um so be sure to allow you know everyone a chance to speak because some people have you know higher voices and uh you know please try your best not to try to talk over each other um i don't know what you're talking about yeah i know yeah, it, was, it was something i was thinking about the other day because i do know that some people have me turned down on discord but i also think that has contributed to at least on Thursday's game, when I try to talk, Persephone has a high-pitched voice, and she's not supposed to be angry all the time. But I'm running into an issue where I don't know if you guys can hear me when I'm trying to talk while you're also you like talking. All the time. And I don't want her to be screaming, because that doesn't help who I'm trying to build for her as a character. So if she has to scream to get everyone's attention, I don't want her to do that. Nyx is also going to be... She's not high-pitched, but she's got a relatively soft spokenness to her, so I don't want to have to worry about getting drowned out in that, too. Just do what I do. Just constantly scream. Just do nothing but scream, and then everybody can turn you down to the proper level, and you don't have to worry that's, about it. I mean, just raise your hand if you have a camera. It's fine. Just raise your hand. 
Yeah, I was, I was I was gonna also make uh, make that suggestion. You know, if uh, if you need to grab my attention while I'm doing GM stuff, or if there's a conversation happening and you want to express that your characters in fiction body language would convey that they have something to contribute. You know, uh, if you if you are on camera, you know, try to utilize the visual aid of raising your hand or try to convey that you're trying to get a word in edgewise. Um, I'll just try to allow that person to jump in or, you know, I'll try to let them ask me a question or get a clarification if they need to. You can just call for me as well. Uh, Good shit. Okay. In terms of, you know, just going down, <laughs> going down the list in terms of conflict management, uh, you know, if there's any conflict between players, uh, I'd ask that you bring it to me so we can collectively talk it out and try to reach a healthy ending to that conflict. Uh, if you have any issue with me, uh, we can discuss it either in private or during periodical game check-ins, which I'll be doing over time, of course. Uh, and that sort of plays into how to give uh, the other players and GM feedback. Um, part of the player feedback is covered in the whole like Laurel Boone Awards. Uh, the other feedback can be expressed uh, during periodical game check-ins of just like giving each other you know pats on the back, talking about what we like about characters and stuff like that, and also just sort of talking uh, about what we're thinking with the game. Uh, but that's you know that'll be a few sessions, a few few sessions in where we do that sort of thing. I'm just like, hey guys, how are you all feeling about this, that, and the other? You know. Um, now in terms, what Dan always said, don't be a dick. Yes, try and try to avoid being a dick. Exactly. Uh, in terms of descriptive combat, uh, I'll definitely be laying on the fiction layer of the game pretty heavily uh, when it comes to combat, especially against more significant foes. Uh, I definitely feel like it enhances uh, the game to lean into that aspect of your character uh, as well. And I have it as an expectation uh, that you will figure out and know uh, at some point how your character fights, cast magic, you know, interacts with the world once initiative is rolled. Um, in terms of gore and the like, uh, I would like to aim for like R-rated, but not necessarily like Saving Private Ryan. There's a big difference between the Gigan's axe carves into the Hoplite, uh, splitting his torso from his legs with a powerful crimson-soaked blow, and you know, splitting his torso from his legs and a fountain of blood and intestines and all that other kind of stuff uh, thwacks out onto the ground. Uh, and you know, bathe in it. <laughs> no Quentin Tarantino blood logic. Yeah, and you know, you don't have to describe, you know, people stumbling around looking for their arms, that sort of deal. We're trying shove my hand up into his decapitated okay, neck and guys. use his hand as a puppet. No, 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 it's okay. I have mending. <laughs> Stitch him back oh, together. we can put him back together again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like a puppet. <laughs> Yeah, so just in terms of, you know, thinking about your, your character's flavor and how it is they do their things, uh, as you all know. Um, of course, just sort of covered with the table behavior, but uh, just reiterating in terms of sharing the spotlight. we got a big group, uh, but that means, but there's plenty of stage for everyone to share equally. Uh, you can raise hands if need be, interject politely, give everyone a chance and time to contribute, um, both for our sake as players in the game and for the enjoyment of anyone who happens to be watching as well. Um, as per usual, when it comes to like language and inappropriate topics, uh, in terms of language, uh, you know, we run a, a fairly explicit stream. We don't really censor any real, uh, normal, typical swears that you might hear on like an, an R-rated film or something like that. Um, you know, we definitely can try to, uh, avoid, uh, 
things that are truly and utterly problematic uh, where you, appropriate. You should do the PG-13 rules where we're allowed one F-bomb the entire season. No, that's not gonna fly. <laughs> Sometimes we say poop. You have to spin points to get the F-bomb, though. You have to fight each other for the F-bomb. Sometimes we say, gosh darn it. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes we say, shut your motherfucking mouth, you dirty piece of shit. I will shove my fist down your throat and freaking rip your face off. Freaking. How did we say that? That that sounds like a yeah, that sounds like a, a Katie line right there. Yeah, it does well. sound like Katie. <clears throat> um, we've used like lines and veils, um, and like consent lists before. We sort of talked about those sorts of things, and uh, I'll distribute one, um, most likely sometime after the session, probably tomorrow, uh, just to sort of get uh, any feedback on the things that you you know anyone has any problems with, um. Not everything on uh, that perspective consent list may at the time of discussion or sharing uh, be a, a known factor in the story. Um, like I don't know everything that is on that list that may or may not come up. Your actions can result in things that could make uh, people uncomfortable or what have you. Uh, so getting that out of the way ahead of time, I think, is great to uh you know ascertain what level of interaction we're all comfortable with with those things you know you, you know i have a, a relatively hard line when it comes to to torture and things like that uh, but you know we can probably work that as like a veil of like if that needs to come up we can say that it happened and describe what the results of that were but not the actual goings on and actually role playing and all that kind of stuff did you Ugh. whip someone to death Yes, yes, my character did whip someone to death, but we did not describe it in visceral detail, did we? We said that I, I did it, remember. and then we went outside, and everyone turned. I don't talking. think I was there for that session. You were. I don't believe you were. Now there was a whole discussion about your character not being around for that conversation. Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't let the person that was tortured by whip be around a whipping of another. That was person. part of the discussion. Point. <laughs> Um, but on that note, so you're going to give us like something to fill out, and then is it going to be? Uh, put together for all of us to look at or how's that are we all going to be aware of the lines and boundaries yeah, yeah, we we'll keep do, a secret we'll... <laughs> 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 spring it on people at the last second because that's the, right because like i guess my question yeah, is so more, what, is what, this what, for the what, dm we'll do... or is this going to be for the whole table yeah it's definitely something that i want to be uh for the table in terms of knowing what you know there are problems with or what you know like there's a line or a veil for uh and not like a you know well mel has a problem with dentists so we can't do any dentist jokes guys like i'm not gonna do something like that but just sort of talking about hey we have a hard line for dentistry will be uh the discussion not you know calling people out and that sort of thing we want to make sure everyone feels comfortable sharing what it is they're okay with and then just discussing that uh after the fact and making sure that everyone's informed so that way, you know, we can all make the conscious decision to not pursue things that would lead to that result or what have you. I like that. Here, here's 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 my here's my disclaimer. I may or may not be a dick at some point. More than likely, will. Uh, if I am ever a dick, that is not my intent. Uh, please let me know so I can stop being a dick. And if stop you're not comfortable dick, letting me knowing that I'm being a dick. Please let Jordan know that I'm being a dick, and Jordan will call me out on being a dick. We enforce the cunto meter. Because <laughs> my intention is never to be a dick to anyone. Indeed. I second that. Uh, I have a quick question. Yes. Um, I need to turn a call As far up. as, like, 
hard lines and veils. What exactly does veils mean in this context? Ooh, so the Christ. classic veil, the classic veil is the uh, the fade to black on smooshing scenes. That is a veil, like where it's like, and Nick's heads to the brothel, finding someone that fits her tastes, and we'll fade to black on that scene, moving on to something else, because we don't do explicit descriptions of whatever it is Nick gets up to when she goes to brothels. Yeah, I'm going to have yeah, to find... You, I'm, you I'm still do them. Find, I'm going to have to find some literature for that for me. <laughs> uh, or write it, you know? I, like it's, it's stuff that is allowed in the game, we're just not describing. The table doesn't want to hear that, I guess. <laughs> Oh. You know, tune, tune in to, you know, log into to Mel's uh, fanfic or her Wattpad to see oh, the... No, don't find my fanfic in .NET account. Please do not go looking for that. Find it, find it, and share it, please. <laughs> you know, join the Discord to find... <laughs> get all, no. all access to uh, Nix's journals now. Yikes. Yeah, but that's, that is what veils are. It's definitely the, like... Yeah, like, we usually, we've done, like, inter-party relationships before, but we don't particularly want to hear about any two people touching butts uh, during the game. <laughs> we're like, yeah, it's, it's great, you two are doing your thing, but, uh, let's move along. This might, but that does bring up a good uh, follow-up, and this might get covered with the, the consent and boundary sheets, but, like, in terms of, there's more than sexual touching uh, that happens in terms of, like, close relationships, so... I would assume that we would draw a line at what point does the described PDA stop or if it's ever there at all. It is covered in the consent sheet that I had uh, downloaded in terms of degrees of like relationship coverage in terms of like, yeah, I don't want any, I don't want any inter-party relationships at all or I don't, I don't want, want any relationship drama. Holding hands. <laughs> yeah, that kind of oh, thing. Scandal. <laughs> I know. No, mood. <laughs> exactly that sort of thing is covered on that uh okay. i mean i am going to be describing my character as having heaving breasts as many times as humanly possible so when i stand next to people i'm attracted to i just breathe heavily yeah i <laughs> enter the, the room breastily <laughs> stop <laughs> Okay, that's all I wanted to ask. Got you. Uh, all right. In terms of campaign guidelines, uh, we definitely want to try to maintain a consistent commitment uh, to time and day. Playing Sundays, 5 p.m. Eastern. That's the planned time for the show, barring a dramatic change in lifestyle or other programming uh, on Linehead Gaming. If a change needs to be made, a proper discussion would take place with all members of the cast to best facilitate a continuation of their inclusion. So if something crazy happens and we gotta, for some reason, Sundays don't work anymore or whatever, we'll definitely try to work and conversate with each other to sort of figure out all right, let's pick Heroes of Thylea up and move it here so that way everyone gets to keep playing. Uh, not something, obviously, we're planning for, but it's just something I want to put out there uh, so that way we we're well-informed. Um, in terms of campaign length, uh, Odyssey of the Dragon Lords is a really thick, really thick book. Um, and uh, we're looking at going in terms of level from 3 to 20 with a decent chunk of time spent near the end game at 20th level. Uh, so I would not say you hit 20th level and let's go right into the epilogue. <laughs> that is not necessarily what we're looking at here. Um, What's your so definition of a decent thick time at the end? Are we talking like, oh yeah, all right, we're at level 20. We got six months left in this game. 
Yeah, yeah like so how, in terms, in terms we're halfway mean? done. Yeah, 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 we're halfway yeah, done. But, good, but that's a good point. How fast are we expected to progress through our levels? In terms of progression, uh, that's like sort of a different question. But, uh, you know, we're, we're using XP. Um, <gasps> we're not using fast XP. Sorry, Brendan. Um, you'll be leveling up. Uh, I would say, I guess, at a normal speed. I, I'm definitely not trying to have you sit at ninth level for 10,000 years. We're not doing, you know, milestones or like, you know, that sort of thing. Um, more so to answer John's question, I would expect in terms of playtime, in terms of playtime, probably around the expanse uh, in terms okay. of how long we're sitting that's at good, 20. Good. In terms of... Inf that. I, I feel like uh, that was at least 12 in, sessions. As somebody who wasn't in the expanse. Yeah, between 10 and 20 sessions of being at level 20. Yeah, that's what I would expect. So, so at a scale of leveling, are we gonna are we gonna level like like as fast as the expanse, as fast as you know Kingdoms of the South, as fast as you know Song of Rapture, or mm. yes? I'd probably say uh, Song of Rapture is a pretty good estimate, maybe because I don't believe Omen used uh, fast XP or additional XP. Uh, for like monster count and that sort of thing like Brendan did for the initial levels um, you know you may you may have a little bit of uh, you know I'm scaling the encounters to sort of be more like second to third-ish level encounters because this campaign starts out normally with you all at first level but that's boring and bad uh, so we're starting at third um, and you know you'll be getting XP for uh, you know, killing monsters as per usual in the normal cycle of D&D, &D, along with, you know, quest XP and uh, avoiding uh, avoiding role-playing XP uh, because I want to siphon that and reward role-playing more in the sort of boon and inspiration categories of the game because there are a lot uh, thicker reward structures uh, in this game. Well, maybe you should tell the, uh, the the people that are watching what what is what is the uh, what are you what are you doing with that little thing of the uh, rewardy booty thingamabobber? Yeah, we'll definitely talk about um, laurels uh, as part of the house rule conversation. So it's definitely definitely something we'll be talking about. Um, but yeah, th that's just my expectation for the campaign length is three to twenty with a normal to moderate uh, level curve. Um, in terms of my expectations for the actual campaign, um, I'm looking for flawed but compelling characters, and I'm looking for oh, I got uh, you, fam. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking Same. for a a willingness to uh, engage the options presented, um, because this this in terms of structures, I've described having read through this a couple times now. I've described this this campaign as being a series of rivers, lakes, and seas as a sort of game flow. Um, so your characters should have goals, uh, and those goals will be sort of passed along by going down those paths of rivers, uh, you know, like that, that the story will present naturally through play, uh, you know, like following the things that, you know, people are suggesting or asking you to do or whatever, um, will, always aid you in terms of progressing towards your your character's goals um 
And those paths will lead to larger and larger, uh, what I have to call lakes, where you have time to spend uh, interacting with whatever is in the lake in terms of downtime, in terms of NPCs and all that kind of stuff. And then you'll see other connecting rivers from that that lead out eventually um, to the sea, both literally and in terms of the the metaphor, uh, in terms of all right, well, we have all of these options now. You know, this is this is written by the old guys who did all the good Bioware games. So let's go full open world now. Hop in, you know, the boat. Where are we going? And that's up to you guys. You know, it's, it's very much, there's definitely a point in the story where it goes, I don't want to say full expanse, but pretty gosh darn close where it's like, all right, guys, what island are you going to? Please tell me so I can prepare it. <laughs> where do you want to go? <laughs> so we can expect basically some shit this is extreme example, but using Mass Effect terms, some shit that we did in like session one will probably pop up again in like session thirty. Uh, what, I will say decision? the things that you that you do in session one will lead you to the things that you're doing in session thirty. Everything is stacking on top of each other. You there's a big theme in this adventure about basically not knowing anything and then going on journeys of self-discovery and killing monsters and talking to strange things out in the world and getting answers to those questions. You know, where, what happened to my family? Why am I doomed? Why am I cursed? Like, I have all of these innate gifts that I was born with, but where did that come from? What is, you know, there's a lot of questions that the epic paths sort of put on your characters, and it should definitely be a goal of theirs to get those answers. And those answers are something that, you know, I'm tweaking uh, in terms of what the story wants them to be to match them as best as I possibly can to the characters you've presented to me. But that should be a big component of your characters just trying to figure out those answers and progressing through anything in the game will take you closer and closer to getting those answers or being better prepared for whatever situation arises that may be an obstacle you know someone that doesn't want to tell you things or you know some great big monster you have to kill all that kind of typical DD stuff okay how much how much gray morality is there in this game i.e referencing song of rapture are monsters just bad so, in a very, 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 very wide berth, yes, most things that you're encountering are, for the state of the world's definition, evil and uncivilized, and should be either fleed from in fear, or if you feel yourself capable enough, if they threaten you or whatever, take them out because things that are uh feared by the populace like goatlings and maenads and things like that uh they are they are tragic monsters in that there is place for sympathy if you truly know what it is that causes these things to come into existence but it is something you it, it needs to be done it needs to be taken care of, and it it helps foster the fame uh, that your character should want to build up. Not necessarily because they want to be famous for the sake of being famous, but because fame and the vision of being a hero is something that will enable your character to get further in their goals. If your character has no aspirations 
personally to being a hero. You're not, you know, a Milo where you're just like, I want to be a hero. I want to wear a big old S on my chest and be Superman. That's oh, fine. Geez, your man. character, <laughs> your character does not need to be, you know, some paragon. In terms of Greek heroes, uh, this is kind of getting into theme and tone, so I'll go to there. You know, we're dealing with Greek mythic heroism. You know, that means being a little fish in a big pond uh, with much bigger fish who will want, need, and demand things of you. And then as you adventure and gain fame and notoriety, um, which is something your character should want for reasons determined by you, the, the simplest one being it allows them to get what they want, um, they'll start to become, you know, a big fish in this pond and you'll gain people who want to work for you and will take care of things for you. Um, your characters may throughout this journey become bound by oaths and will need to stick to them uh, lest you deal with curses. And these are not remove curse, haha, <laughs> the problem's gone away sort of curses. These are serious serious changes to the character that you have to be wary of. That is the way the world works. Everyone is subjected to oaths and curses. Um, and you, in your character's case, are subjected to prophecy. Um, and while death is a presence in this story, to be feared, to be sure, um, you all, in your cases, all of you have something or someone uh, in a way looking out for you. I, I don't expect your character uh, and it sort of plays into like mortality and lethality of the game. I don't expect your character to truly die, truly just stay dead uh, forever uh, unless it's the end of the game. And I don't uh, especially don't expect you to reroll your character if it can be helped. I know we had some changes as we were preparing for the session zero, and that's, you know, I was expecting some of them, so that's why I, you know, held off on preparing stuff. Um, you know, in the end, your objective is to win fame, rise to the fate that has been foretold for you, and however you do that is up to you, but that is the journey your character is going on, is going through that epic path and seeing what the answers to those questions are and the way that you go about doing that is up to you uh but it is something you should definitely be invested in um you know make sure to honor your oaths and along the way you may have to make tragic sacrifices that is also a component of this um that is more or less the theme and tone of the game is definitely dealing with fate dealing with Things being against you and having to rise to the occasion, um, you know, facing the challenges that fate throws at you uh, and dealing with the fact that even the gods themselves are working against you. You will not eat, uh, lead easy lives, but they will be dramatic and hopefully a lot of fun to play. I think we're sort of like bouncing all over the place. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, in terms of just dealing with just the the grayness of the world, it is pretty black and white, civilized and uncivilized. Um, the exceptions to that are very few and far between and mostly have to do with things that are unknown, things that are not known by the people of the world. And so then it's just sort of dealing with in a case-by-case -case basis, I guess, because they're very unique individual creatures or whatever out in there in, in the setting. But, like, you don't have to hesitate about killing goatlings. 
They are evil, horrible little creatures that no one likes except for other horrible, evil creatures. Any uh, thoughts or comments on the theme and tone or anything like that? Are we at that point yet? Yeah, it was those the talking about the Greek mythic heroism and stuff like that. Duke. Uh, I guess for tone, uh, basically, the the goofiness question of how how goofy. Are we going here? What? You know me, Brendan. <laughs> yeah, I know you want seriousness, but it's not. It's never going to be as serious as you want it to be. I know. So, have you met me? <laughs> yes. So is like I'm playing a, a relatively dour, serious character. I'm sure not all of us are, though. Uh, do we want to promote sort of the? like song of rapture pranks and stuff and having sort of goofy character moments or should we be mostly i mean i know your answer of this but i guess it's more for the party of uh should we try to be aiming more of our efforts and like, being those more somber moments of self-reflection and you know I, darker I, it's it's a really big thing of if we're dealing with serious stuff, humor and jokes and, you know, goofiness sometimes is a way of coping with that. How how far is too far for a character to be dealing with that kind of stuff? For, like, comedic relief and shit. In the words of me, don't say something that makes the rest of us go, what? <laughs> yeah. Why would you say that? Like, I, I agree with that. I, it, you know... We shouldn't be trying to have conversations that don't make sense in the moment that you're trying to have them. But are we cool with comic relief of yeah, like, I mean, like if you wanna, somewhat if you out of in... character things just to uh, try to lighten the, the tone a bit? So we're not constantly just always bleeding. <laughs> hey, sometimes though, just always groaning about my wounds. I mean, you know, like what I would, what I would. What I would like would be for that humor and for those moments of relief and staunching the bleeding of the seriousness of the situations you're dealing with to come from the character. That's that's what the ideal would be. The like you know like in a I'm, I'm trying to think of uh, like I mean in something like you know Saving Private Ryan or like war movies and things like that. You have these people who are, have a sense of fellowship or a sense of brotherhood or whatever, and they crack jokes all the time. They crack jokes that make sense for the characters. They crack jokes on each other. They crack jokes about, you know, one guy being from Brooklyn, another guy being from Queens, and that's like an aspect that they play up against each other. You know, if somebody was from Mitros and somebody else was from Eresia, it would make sense for, you know, that sort of uh, in-character banter to happen. So if you're, if you're saying banter and humor aren't part of the game, they definitely should be. I would try to try to have it come from a place that makes sense for what the character is saying. If you're saying just in terms of cracking a joke out of character as the player, 
I mean, that's, that's going to happen. You're just, you're going to make jokes. You're going to crack, you know, memes. It's, it's, it's the reflex that we have over the three years of us playing together. What I want to see is like the things that are like, you know, haha, uh, you know, warm jam or what have you aren't things that your character are saying as like, you know, get that reference to the other game says my Greek character in the Greek pub. It's like, don't, why? Why did, why did your character say that? Why would you say that? But I do understand. Haha, funny. Like and subscribe. You do serve warm preserves, right? Haha, funny. Like and subscribe. Funny. But, you know, at the end of the day, I understand that those things are going to happen. I just... I, I will say I'll be definitely trying my best to sort of run the NBCs and the people that you're interacting with as people, and they're going to interact okay. with you as people. So interact with them at least as people. Uh, if you want to, you know, figure out jokes or whatever for your characters to have between each other, that's fine. You want to do stuff like, uh, like I, you know, it, it kills me that this was the case, but like fucking Clyde pranked Samantha in Song of Rapture. I had no fucking clue, you monster. But... Haha, <laughs> 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 ha, comedy like and <laughs> But that was... It was unfortunate because I didn't feel like we got to like appreciate the comedy of it until way after the fact. But that was in character for the character to do, and it made sense to me uh, in reflection. So like that sort of thing is fine. That's one character messing with another character in a way that that character would. That just seems like you know banter and, and that kind of stuff to me. What uh, happens when you kill a bird? The cat brings the dead bird back to you. Okay, yeah. so it's. It would be really out of character and out of sort of tone of the game for us to walk into a shop and like, you see a little gnome behind the desk and he pops up and he pulls up his pants and goes, hello there, my young family. Here's my 3,000 cats that I keep in the back. Ha ha, please browse my wares. We're like, what the fuck are you? You are not a real person. Exactly. I see 3,000 okay. cats. Yeah. It would no, not be no, no, no goofy characters. There, yeah, there would not be, you're not expected to run into goofy characters unless the, again, the only That's possible like exceptions. Exactly. The only possible exception is for things that really, truly make sense of like, yeah, you ran into the Fae trickster god out of the Fae portal and he's like <gasps> fucking changing fucking the colors Pepper of flowers. Yeah, like things that make sense where like, that is the epitome of my being. Yeah, they might be a little goofy, but like normal people in the normal towns and stuff are not going to be crazy goofballs. They're going to be normal people as much as I can make that happen. Okay. <sighs> Uh, other theme and tone stuff. I guess theme, are we doing sort of just straight up tragedy? Are we? Are we sitting around the campfire regaling each other of our terrible lives? Yeah, are we, are we suffering? Are we just trying to make it through the day and every day is just as bad as the next? And there's, no, there's, we're, there's just, definitely we're just expecting shit to happen. There's definitely going to be high points. It's definitely uh, a situation where I expect basically, I expect unless something truly tragic has taken place as a natural result of the story, I expect your character to basically be the the, the truly, you know, the sad one, the dour attitude or whatever, because that seems to be the character you're putting together. But that's not the theme yeah. of, the, of the game. The sun rises here. The lands are bright and colorful. It is not a, a downtrodden gray 
heavy rain sort of game. Um, you know, the, the, just you like can how the make a the, character that is looking for happiness and may yes, actually achieve it, and, and they not will just find it. Die yes. at the end. Okay. <laughs> Your character can have a tragedy. They can die at the end of the story. That can be ha that can be the you know the result of the journey you go on. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm not going to be trying to pound you into the gothic dirt. <laughs> unless uh, you're the doomed one. Yeah, unless you're the doomed one, you will be suffering. Cry. Have fun. Sorry, you knew I, what you were signing up for. Yeah, so you I, can't I actually I cry. I literally walked up to him and I was like, "Hurt me." <laughs> kind of that's, weird. Uh, that's kind of weird. I don't have a number for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's consensual. BDSM oh, clubs. I'm sure you can find a number for it. Pull the veil on I that have one. some websites. We're gonna fade to black on that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it, like it shows almost in the in the artwork. You know, it is a it is sort of a dark day. There is a giant fucking dragon in the city, but the heroes are brandishing their blades going to go fight whatever it is that's you know causing the problem the sun peeks through and lights up the day in the end i you know expect you talking to about elliot over there elliot's my friend he's my mount he's is that is gonna that show the through the mechanics oh sorry oh i just said there is a light at the end of the tunnel <laughs> yes and it is bright and it is colorful yeah are mechanics gonna reflect that are we going to have easier fights or if we're going into combat, is it going to be, you know, we maybe lose limbs or party members or something, people so, are dying all around us type stuff, or are we going out adventures to slay the mighty beast where, you know, people go out and slay mighty beasts all the time, maybe people get hurt, but it's it's not literally we're going out to World War Two and maybe a third of us will come back. So it's that is that is a very poignant question that has i think maybe three questions within it so i'm going to try to break them down as i heard them um in terms of difficulty right i am looking to go around song of rapture expanse you know around what we've been dealing with uh in terms of the numbers of the game uh in terms of the you know dcs and that sort of thing i'm aiming for uh, medium to easy difficulty in that range. Um, there, as per usual with me, are exceptions. There are situations that are famously difficult. That's why they're famously difficult, but they are not, you're gonna go, you're just gonna get fucked. They're just gonna be harder than what you're normally used to. Uh, and part of that has to do with my embracing of uh, a lot of the things I enjoyed playing fourth edition sort of to more tactical combat that does not mean i always have to do the optimal thing that is not what i'm going for but i am going for things where you will learn how you know mechanically the monsters fight there will be monsters that have roles and things that you are not necessarily used to seeing that's why i put my monster making guidelines in the discord channel um since I'm utilizing Giphy Glyph's Monster Maker rules, that's not a, a universal thing, um, but I am pulling things from that, even for the stuff out of the book, where it's like, yeah, goatlings don't have, you know, these traits innately, but I may be giving those traits to them, uh, and... Uh, and adjusting you know cr or like xp accordingly that sort of thing i'll always be trying to compensate you for any difficulty changes in that regard 
Um, <clears throat> yeah. The other part in terms of uh, like the World War II aspects. So you guys are definitely like the protagonists of the story. You're special, even at third level. You're kind of freaking special in terms of the way the world sees you. You're not extraordinary. You haven't done something outrageous, but you're special in the sense that the majority of people are not going out and killing monsters. If if push has come to shove, it's like a hundred dudes going to go kill a monster. And that is a situation for that for them is really World War II. It is really like, kiss your children and your wife. Good luck. But we have to stop this thing because it's going to kill everyone. And we got to send as many dudes as we can at it to try to stop it. And in those situations, you guys are definitely, you know, the multiple levels, literally, above that situation. You're not dealing with, all right, we're going in and we're expecting to lose limbs and things like that. That's not to say that you won't get knocked unconscious occasionally. You know, crits happen. Those things happen. There are variables but it is my estimation that you should not be suffering all the time, except for Mel. Mel is going to be suffering, but that's the way the news goes. <laughs> but the way the way she's suffering is the way she's suffering is very mechanized and very uh, uh, controlled. controlled and compensatable. You will know after a point your character should begin your characters should begin to recognize that Mel is her character is suffering and what that suffering looks like as you know monsters change as they interact with you and they get closer to her there are forces at work that will make her life more difficult that can make it easier for you if you don't care about her or it can make the game and the story more interesting as you try to rally around her and defend her but in doing so you actually will potentially gain tactical advantages and things like that um that poor horse. So I'm, I'm hearing horse. we put her in a net, we throw her off a cliff, so all the monsters <laughs> just chase after her off the cliff. Please yeah. put, care about put, me. Put Aqua in the cage and put her no. in the pool so she can purify the lake while the crocodiles attack her. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I will remember you. Um. Now I do. I do know that. Uh, Nicole did did uh, remind me that she was gonna have to. They were gonna have to step away for uh, for a while, so they may be able to return. Uh, but we'll we'll press on and uh, go through what we're going through. Okay. Yeah, I've got I've got like five minutes, but then I I don't know how long it'll take. But I've got filming for a short film I'm in. <laughs> I got you. Go break a leg. Indeed. <laughs> Uh, well, as many as you need to get the part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just take a really strong Bigger baseball bat all the or way. two. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to break your leg. Just break somebody's leg. Yeah. yeah, take a strong, strong baseball bat or two. Did you uh, no, already no, use a tire iron. wrap better. up your uh, character mechanically, or are you still working on that? Um, There's still some loose ends to wrap up, but I've got kind of like a... A good baseline. Okay, so uh, we oh, might just <laughs> <laughs> might just run the uh, the dungeon accordingly after the fact. Um, so yeah, that's that's where I'm seeing. I think there was a third bit in there that I'm forgetting. Uh, I think it's basically like the power level of us compared to the world. I think you basically answered it of 
even a level three. Wants to know how many level twenties there are in the world? Yeah, like like guards are gonna be the CR one eighth dudes that have. Yeah, they have eighteen AC because they got armor and a shield, but they're gonna have eight health. I do yeah. have a question inspired by the whole World War Two and some difficulties. Uh, for combat, where are we gonna fall in terms of more permanently affected like injuries? Because uh, I, I know th I know there were two points. Uh, with Persephone and with Katie, where I thought they were going to lose limbs or parts of limbs. It is not what I expect. Regeneration at what level? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, something like that. Uh, it is not my expectation to do permanent injuries or wounds. Uh, it's not really the feeling I'm going for, though I do know in these sort of mythical Greek stories that ha that happens. Uh, and it, I'm not against, you know, like, hey, I don't know, I want to lose an eye here from this situation or whatever. If that's something you want to do for your character, I can certainly, we can certainly navigate that together, but that is something that you would have to prompt me for, and right. it is not something that will be like, I lost an eye. I am somehow better at fighting because of it. That is... That is well, no, you have disadvantage on all, attack, on all attacks, and you have negative 10 to all perception checks, obviously. So, it's not a built-in feature, but we can mod it in with your... Uh... Your knowing consent. With a, yeah, with a, with a, with a knowing, like, proper discussion. Like, the creature bites you and has you grappled, and you're like, how's he having me grapple? He's like, oh, he's bitten onto your arm, and you're like, can I just cut off my fucking arm to get away from him? Yeah, I mean, if, 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 the, if the chips are down and the situation definitely warrants it, I would definitely be more willing to work with it than, I don't know, we just started the fight, I'm at full health, but I want to cut my arm off! So I'm Fuzzy not going to <laughs> Just, but if it's like, if it's like we're all retreating, this is my only hope to get away. All right, yeah. that's that's definitely a moment that makes sense, and it's definitely the coyote trapped in the trap, trying not to die situation. That would be, you know, a story beat more than a mechanical uh, punishment. Uh, so we can we can play that by by the scene, so to speak. Um, the one thing I wanted to touch on in terms of those exceptions that I mentioned in terms of combat difficulty, uh, you know me from having played with me, but I'll reiterate when it comes to certain creatures, especially in this game, uh, they are going to be iconic. They're going to be difficult. They're going to be infamous and they're going to be killable, but it's not necessarily going to be easy. Things like the Hydra, things like the Phoenix, things like the Chimera, they are the Chimera. It is the one known throughout the realms as being this horrible menace or what have you. And so those situations are going to be situations that will most likely lean on like the solo monster rules that I'm using and things like that, that will make that fight difficult but not unwinnable and definitely a great way to earn fame and prestige along with, you know, pillaging their hordes and all that kind of stuff. You know, there's lots of dragons in this book. Obviously, it's Odyssey of the Dragon Lords. Dragons are a pretty big deal about it. Uh, there's at least two characters that have a vested interest in going to go kill specific dragons. And those fights aren't expected to be necessarily too easy either. They're not expected to be ridiculous, but... They're, in both cases, I think, the culmination of your epic path, and they should feel epic. They should feel like a big deal, and I will do my best to make sure they feel that way without just beating you into the ground with big numbers. <clears throat> so one sword attack doesn't take 30% of your health. Got it. 
you know, but like those those sort of momentous fights will be things like taking on, uh, uh, you know, what was the name of that fucking lady from Ivar's arc? Oh, <laughs> uh, Mishasha! Mishasha! Taking on Mishasa with the multiple phases and things like that. Those those will definitely be parts of this game. Oh, you love your multiple phase monsters. Yeah. We might still be going, uh, Nicole. So I hope you, if you can make it back, feel free to make it on back. We'll, we'll figure it out. Um, now, in terms of combat, uh, adventure, and role playing, the balance between yes. those, you know, big three. <clears throat> Uh, there is a healthy amount of combat and roleplay naturally throughout, along with the way that we just play. Uh, and there is a lessened degree, but a degree of roughing it when it comes to adventuring, uh, especially in the beginning sections of the book uh, in, in terms of the game as well. Um, there will be a point where getting around is going to get a lot easier um, and the challenges you'll face are going to change rather, uh, rather dramatically because of that ease, but you're going to be facing new challenges at the same time. Um, you're going to be going to strange and often extremely different and weird places in some cases. Um, each one of these places or islands really is trying, it will be trying to be more memorable than the last without necessarily just being absurd and outlandish. And as always, with exceptions uh, but I expect you know there to be a pretty decent balance between role-playing opportunities combat opportunities you can definitely talk your way out of uh, some fights that where it makes sense um, and you should definitely feel like you've gone on your own odyssey by the time like as we're going through it honestly and by the time we get to the end uh, you should feel like you've really gone on a journey and it'll hopefully be really memorable <sighs> Hmm. Um, in terms of like linear versus non-linear, we're doing a modified by me, but it still has a baseline story. You know, it is a published uh, big sandboxy sort of game, but there are segments of it that are the more rivery segments where it's like, yeah, we're, we've made this decision to go investigate this thing. What that thing is, is defined. It's just, you know, did you decide to go investigate A, B, or C? What did you all decide to do? I'm not going to be like, you have to go do A right this second. Um, the only time that sort of situation might come up is if you're being uh, squeezed, you're being pressed by people who are in a much higher position of power than you. The kings, the gods, like I said before, those bigger fish are going to try to force you in specific directions and it can be definitely advantageous to go in the direction they want you to but you don't necessarily have to <sighs> is it going to be something similar to what we have in song of rapture where regardless of what choice we pick a b or c the world is going to keep moving so if we pick like c is there stuff that's going to still be happening as a result of us not going to do a assuming yes. they're all on the same level yeah, things to the situation can definitely change depending on how much time passes and, uh, you know, what, what, what it is you decided to do. Yes. Um, in terms of custom rules, that's going to have sort of its own, uh, discussion. Uh, there's, there's a lot in play along with, uh, you know, needing to hash out the classic, uh, house rules and things like, uh, you know, dealing with like potions and stuff like that. The normal stuff that we deal with. Uh, but we can also also have a discussion about just the, the extra stuff in play, uh, at the end. 
Uh, in terms of impact of player decisions, um, there are definitely lots of choice moments that directly affect the story, um, and some of them are not necessarily obvious. Um, and you know, you'll just make the best choice that you can depending on what the situation is, and you'll see what the ripples of that choice are later in the story. And that's just that is just the way that this is gonna go. Um, some of them will be pretty like personal choices, mostly connected to like your epic path and things like that. And some of them in some cases can uh, affect the entire party. Uh, so, you know, feel free to discuss and role play and that sort of thing about the things you're going to do. Um, now talking about the, the world itself, uh, the specific type of setting, you know, this is definitely ancient Greece inspired, which plugs back into the theme and tone uh, that we were talking about earlier. Uh, the setting is going to be reflected in lots of little ways, uh, from the names to the building appearances to ships and the way people get around the things that people, uh, you know, do in their day-to-day -day lives, uh, the music that you hear, uh, you shouldn't really get the feeling that you're, you know, in medieval Europe. If you're getting that feeling, then I'm not doing, you know, a good job of trying to really make you feel like you're in ancient Greece. Um, you know, I'll be doing various little vocab nods here and there when I can remember just to try to help create that sort of uh, framing, you know, using things like Drachmi and Lepta for uh, for gold and silver, using things like Mystios for adventure and you know, using things like Malacca for a wonderful and glorious all-purpose swear that you may hear things or creatures you're fighting or whatever use. Uh, so I'll be trying to lay into that aspect of the game and you're definitely free to take part in it. Uh, I would just ask that you don't just out of hand dismiss it, obviously, because uh, that, that doesn't make me feel too good, so don't do that. <laughs> Don't be like, I want to go get my heavy, crazy suit of doom plate made from polished steel. It's like, well, that's not really a thing, <laughs> you know, so try to fit to what the uh, the setting uh, is, you know, the the calendar months and stuff have also changed and they reflect the, the world uh in, you know, their month naming and things like that. So definitely going to be trying to make you feel like you're you're in ancient Greece rather than the traditional fantasy that we're all used to. Um, in terms of level of magic and tech and stuff, um, thanks to the efforts of the Dragon Lords of old and the five, uh, metallurgy has you know advanced to be comparable to your standard medieval setting, uh, but it is rare to see soldiers and the like in bristling uh, full metal thick plate armor covering everything all over the place. Um, usually it's just like a breastplate or half plate uh, with a shield and usually they're, they're made out of bronze. Um, but that's the standard that you'll see for like heavy oplites and stuff like that. Um, spell casting is not prevalent in the overall population, um, but things like herbalism, uh, alchemy and divine rituals, those things are a lot more common. Um, you know, the five gods try to ease the burden of the people where they can. Uh, so poultices and tonics, mystic oils are commonplace uh, and they're not terribly difficult to make. 
Um, that being said, though, there are mages and wielders of the arcane in the world. And even in Mitros, there is a very famous uh, academy to pursue both the studies of logic and philosophy, but also proper arcane spellcasting and is your best bet for uh, enlisting the aid of anyone that can wield arcane magic like that. <sighs> but so anyway. basically, magic's not very common in terms of like its essence that people can like pluck and tap into, but things that people can do like with their hands, essentially. Yeah. Okay. And that's not to say magic doesn't have a big impact on the world. It, it, it definitely does. It per pervases through lots of things. You know, even the things that people can do with their hands have magical qualities to them. It's just being able to call on you know, the weave, as it were, is not something that a lot of people can do. You don't know, have people casting cantrips to clean up the bar. You know, they, they're using towels and, and water and good old fashioned elbow grease. There's not people walking around casting precedentation or using light for lanterns and stuff like that. So if like we go to the Capitol, we should not expect there to be a teleportation circle anywhere around. Or yes, yeah. uh, going to going to like to Mitros. Yeah, you shouldn't you shouldn't expect a teleportation circle for you. Okay, so but they do exist. If somebody just appears out of nowhere, they're like, "Oh my god, teleportation spell!" That would be a very very rare person that would be <laughs> able to to do that. So like our so this just ties right back into. We're the heroes, we're the chosen ones, we're the, the protagonists uh, sort of deal. So our uses of magic is definitely not the norm, and it is what makes people, like, break their necks to look at us. Yeah, like casting casting spells in the middle of the the uh, Agora is definitely, like, a, a way to get everyone's attention on you, and, in, and depending on what you're doing, fear you or... Uh, you know, like, be like, wow, oh my god, fireworks, and stuff like that. I charm person everyone. <clears throat> so if, like, someone dies in town... And I revive them. Yeah, or, like, can somebody be like, we need to get them to the local uh, temple, More see if they can revive him. Yeah, that is the understanding, is that they would be able to try to take them to the local temple. Uh, it would be... It would be a rarity that the temple would have the resources on hand for every, you know, uh, Tom, Dick and Larry that dies. Obviously, people die and they need to be processed accordingly. Uh, but, you know, it is not but that outside is a of the realm of possibility. OK, it, it's very much like a common knowledge that even if someone dies, they could be brought back to life. Give them a couple days if you're rich and not just like, no, if you're dead, you're dead. It takes a miracle to bring someone back to life. Yeah, it is. It is common knowledge that you can call on the blessings of the five or, you know, pagan magic uh, to bring someone back to life. Yes. So you do have like level seven casters around. But they're rare. I guess yeah. the, the idea is like that you had a, you had the temple in, in white whales gift where it had the one guy that could cast raise dead. Yeah, that's that's what you're looking at. You're looking at the one guy that can cast raise dead. Gotcha. And, then, like, people and he's probably so, old as fuck. <laughs> so basically, like, people have heard instances of this happening somewhere, and then yeah. they're clinging on to straws, hoping that it, that somewhere can also be here. 
and like you know a, a big city like Mitros is gonna have tons of temples in it but the one guy that can cast raise dead is going to be at the big temple at the top of the hill not any of the little ones on the way those people can you know bandage your wounds and, and give you blessings and things like that all the normal religious stuff but the yeah, guy that's gonna bring you back to life is the one guy in the biggest temple in the city <laughs> gotcha um now, in terms of uh, dealing with the gods, uh, the five, uh, Kira, Pythor, Valis, Vulcan, and Mitros are all uh, loved by those who hail from beyond the Forgotten Sea. Um, but respect and tribute is paid to the Titans as well, uh, sometimes just for safety and good health. And in some cases, it is the work of dark and insidious cults. Uh, these fanatics of Sidon and Lutheria uh, work diligently to hasten the end of the Five, uh, the return of the Titans, and want nothing more than recognition in what they believe to be the New World Order. Uh, yet, partly due to the wrath of the Titans and the Oath of Peace, their worship cannot be snuffed out unless they are causing direct harm to the people. Uh, the dirty work of these cults is very, very clandestine. It is not something that's openly taking place. It's something that's deep in the shadows, in the dead of night, that sort of thing, uh, where these bad people are doing bad things. And if you can prove that they're doing these bad things, you can definitely take efforts to be, you know, the heroes of the people and get rid of them. Uh, but it is, it's not something you want to leap into and just start cutting people down because of accusations that can definitely backfire on you <clears throat> because everyone, everyone needs to give reverence to the Titans lest they be cursed. <laughs> okay. So when dealing with cults, uh, cults are like another one of those, like they're hush hush. People would like whisper about them, but they know they exist, but it's not yeah. necessarily stop them. Like there aren't cult hunts. There, yeah, there are not like witch hunts and things like that. Um, save for those instances where you know they are causing direct harm. You have the evidence. You catch them red-handed doing those bad things. Then you can definitely take those efforts to to stomp them out. Um, it is just a matter of finding them in a lot of cases when they're doing those problem when they're doing those problematic things and you may just like run into them you know you may be investigating investigating a thing and lo and behold they're the ones behind it you know you can cut them down all that kind of stuff you don't have to you know go get a formal inquiry or something <clears throat> if you catch bad guys doing bad things feel free to be like i want to roll some initiative that gives us that gives us cause yeah exactly oh what's What's up? Like normal world morality of like, oh look, they just you know beat somebody in the street, um, or like they just murdered somebody, or they yeah. use a derogatory word. You're dealing with more or less normal uh, morality. Uh, the the one big exception off the top of my head um, is uh, a greater respect for oaths over any sort of like laws of the people an oath of service goes beyond uh goes beyond you know a, a legal claim you know in in mitros slavery is illegal that being said there are not so nice people who have through coercion or force or what have you forced uh primarily uh minotaurs to swear indefinite oaths of service they aren't slaves 
in only the strictest legal sense. They are not legally slaves recognized by the city, but they have transferable indefinite oaths of service, and those oaths cannot be broken. They go beyond, they are infused into the world itself. It is, it is something that even the gods and the titans are bound to, is the idea of making those uh, those oaths. They are a big deal. And so, like, that's, like, the okay, biggest exception to the guy. The guy selling the, uh, the, selling the Minotaurs? The one that he's oath-bound to. I mean, if you just kill him on the streets, that'll be a problem, yes. <laughs> Don't do that on the streets. Come on. That's what stealth is for. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely, if you, if that's what you feel like your character would want to do, that is definitely an option that is not, uh, you know, gonna get you slapped with, like, the evil tag or something. Just have to be careful okay. about what it is you're doing. But it's also just, like, a known thing in the world of, like, yeah, you fucking, you fuck something up, you swear, you know, your service to someone for the rest of your life, and that's just, okay, well, you got yourself into that. Yeah, and it is also, it is that, that situation is also uh, a, it can also be a positive situation, too. It can be a an absolute reverence for the person you're swearing that oath of service to to prove, you know, your loyalty and dedication to whatever it is they're doing. People in rare cases will also do that sort of thing of like, I will give you my services for a year and a day because I believe in your mission. That sort of deal uh, is a thing that also happens. So an oath of service is not, uh, you know, not only a bad thing. It's also sometimes a way of showing that you truly it's, it goes beyond any contract because the Furies don't play. Uh, same thing with, like, uh, guest friendship and all the other oaths. There's more detail on that uh, in the forums, I believe, in terms of, like, all the different kinds of common oaths and curses are all sort of explained there. Can you be uh, coerced into making oaths? Yeah, you can definitely be forced to swear an oath. You okay. can definitely, by, by, like, I mean, that, that's what a lot of these, these Minotaurs, the ones that are, have sworn the oaths, were literally put to the sword. And the oath does not care. The magic does not care. The magic is painfully objective. Do people like avoid drinking for accidentally swearing an oath? No, no. Like giving, uh, like, uh, no, like you mean like being drunk? Does the magic yeah. care if you're sober? Yeah, no, the magic does, does magic not care, care if you're sober. Do does the magic care, care if you're, uh, you know, command? Does, yeah, does the the oath will look at the, the drunken scribble. Care? The oath will look at the napkin with a drunken scribble saying, yes, I will do this. And the oath will say, that's valid. And yeah, just no, like, no, I, cast, no. I cast dominate, dominate person, person and have yeah. them swear an oath to me to serve me for the rest of their lives. Uh, saving, saving me double checking and finding out that is not the case. The way that I am interpreting what I've read so, uh, of the book would say that the, the magic of the oath supersedes any magic beneath it. So almost think of it like a 10th level spell in the sense that being magically forced to do this outside of your own free will will not subject you to an oath. But being okay. told, I'll kill you if you don't swear an oath, you're fucked. You're in a situation where you either die like some minotaurs do or you swear the oath because you want to live. And that is the okay. thing that happens. But you need to be fully aware that you are swearing the oath, not just you wake up one morning and you're like, hey, you got married in Vegas. And you're like, what? 
<laughs> now that also happens, yes. Not again. No, I'm saying I'm saying people do get married in Vegas, but they're not swearing the tenth level spell oaths. They're just like so oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Vegas still yeah. happens. Yes. But but to be fair, I mean, most people that get married in Vegas don't have a marriage license, so it doesn't actually count. So all the magic that be in terms of oaths and keeping them, all that really matters is that you were not under a magical influence when you made the oath. Correct. Okay. Or like intoxicated and stuff, right? You have to be aware that you're doing it. Can you be tricked no, into we, it? I thought we. I thought we covered it. I thought we. I thought we established that. Yes, you can. You can be. You can be tricked. You can be coerced. You can be. Uh, you know, like in terms of tricking, it's a bit more difficult because usually these oaths have to are like you know sort of a lengthy thing you're saying, uh, covering you know. Uh, more or less like what it is you're doing for that person uh and it is not like you know yeah i'll come help you move your couch next saturday are, that's not an oath that's just you saying the, it are people aware of the uh text of an oath usually so like, no okay because I, I was about to say it's like i can see you tricking into it if you're like hey, hey let's play a game just repeat after me and you just spew the words back and forth Type of dumb shit. The, the dumbest trick, but usually it has to I do know. with saying, you know, I swear an oath to do this, that, or the other is more or less the normal way that it's done. So you'd so be tricked into saying that. You can't, like, go to the bank and be like, yeah, I want to open up a bank account. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure, just sign these forms. Oh, great, you sign these. Okay, your soul is mine now. Exactly, no. Not your soul, okay. just your life. So yay, nay, or drunkenness. If you are not in your right mind, if you're, you know. Is it a thing that people get people drunk and have them swear oaths to them? I'm going to go with... Would it depend on the in... level of drunkenness? in sort of perhaps I would say maybe infamous circumstances that could be a thing that has happened uh, you know the the famous you know dinner party of Dionysus or something where you know this king was forced into swearing an oath by, by partying too hard and was you know sworn to send their soldiers against you know someone else or whatever uh, I would not rule that situation out I don't expect it to be something that I'm putting in front of you um and I would not expect you to necessarily try to replicate the same situation. If you did, it certainly could work. I'm not going to say that it can't, uh, but it would it would need to make sense. Um, but okay. I would say it's so, possible. So you can somewhat trick people into making oaths where they may not be exactly aware of what the fuck they're doing until after the fact. And they're like, oh, yeah, uh, last night swore an oath. You're my slave now. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah, like, I don't want to. I don't want to say like the magic of the oath, you know, gives you absolute clarity of mind or some shit like that. It seems like a stretch uh, to me, and seems sort of outlandish in a way that I don't want to just like say no to that situation. Um, but again, barring me looking into it deeper to see the uh, what the the already suggested written text is, um, I would say that that is a possibility. Yes. Okay. Uh, 
But thankfully, I would think if you have sworn like a an oath of guest friendship, uh, like coercing somebody into signing or uh, swearing another oath like that could be seen as a violation of guest friendship uh, and the expected peace between the included parties. So that could be problematic for you if you were you know, doing that. So I think maybe you could, that'd probably be how most people would cover their asses in terms of that situation where we swear an oath of guest friendship where we're not going to fuck each other over in this meeting. And that oath is more binding than almost any other. And then trying to go about what you're saying could be seen as a violation of that oath of guest friendship. And then the Furies will fucking smite you. <laughs> Let's say I'm like a, a rich, educated man and I walk into some poor guy's hovel and I start to talk him up and I, you know, I'm doing the spiel. And then I say, I've got a business up, you know opportunity for you and i use weird lofty language that no one would use in real conversation that i know the guy is just not understanding what the fuck i'm saying and then at the end of it i said go does that sound good do we have a deal and he goes yeah sure and he shake hands on it and like they great need- you just sold me your house for a penny <laughs> yeah they would need to exp- uh specifically so it is not it is not a uh, prompt get a yes or a no it is something they have to vocalize themselves they have to swear the oath from their own mouth you can't be like do you swear to help me in, every, in all the battles to come they would have to say yes i swear on my life to serve you for a year and a day or whatever the situation is etc 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 just saying yes is not good enough they have to actively make the oath themselves to be bound okay. to it so most situations they're aware of what they're saying yeah. Yeah, in terms of those drunkenness, they might just stumble through the fucking thing and not even say it right. <laughs> you and your hypotheticals. Uh <laughs> I just wanna know if like, you know, are satyrs out there trying to fool people into oaths or if that's just like not really a thing that's possible. Yeah, satyrs are out there trying to fool things into things that they find more funny. Uh they most most people are wary of fucking around with oaths because of all of the get fucked if you fuck with it too much sort of aspect to them. So it, it's not something that's taken too lightly. So that's not to say someone would not be above tricking someone like you like you said, uh, but it is it is definitely someone who does that with uh, with true malicious intent to tempt fate in that way. <clears throat> Um, in terms of major NPCs and power level of NPCs, so uh, this is often asked, so when it comes to the best of the best power level wise amongst the mortals, mortal people, you're looking at around at the absolute tippy top, like one guy kind of peak around level 10-ish, CR 15-ish sort of range. Like, and that's like the one guy at that peak and then it gets like it is a sharp drop off from there to everyone fucking else um no archmages hanging out in towers somewhere yeah even even at the academy uh in mitros you have people who are well-trained wizards and studies of, of the arcane and things like that but they've been they've been sort of cracking at this for like a little bit for like 500 years at least here and the way magic works here and so you know they they are around at the absolute peak around level 10 ish or so um yeah you're not dealing with archmages save for possible exceptions one person or two but you know those are 
in, in most cases, those are the next category of people, which is immortals. You're dealing with your gods, your titans, your dragon lords, your demigods. Those are more often than not around CR 20-ish or higher. Um, yeah. They are paragons in their field. They are not to be trifled with. They are not flawless and all-powerful. Uh, you know, some say the five are weakening with each ticking day towards the end of the Oath of Peace, but who can be sure? So, you know, those, they, those like the five are exist in mortal form in the world, and they can't, you know, just walk up and just punch the, you know, the Tarrasque into a billion pieces. They are not beyond all reason powerful, but they are very, very, very strong, and they have, they have impressive feats that they can do uh, each their own. In that vein, I'm assuming magical items and, like, potions or things are pretty rare. Like, mundane people are not making these things. They're made by those special CR-20 demigods and shit circle, out there. Circle back to the uh, the conversation about level of magic and tech level. Um, Spellcasting is not prevalent to the overall population, but things like herbalism, alchemy, divine ritual are. The five try to ease the burden of the people where they can, so poultices, tonics, potions, mystic oils are commonplace. They are not terribly difficult to make through the teachings of these great beings. On So they, they have distilled the knowledge down and refined it for the people to be able to make things like potions. So there is a potion shop or two or three in Mitros where these things are being made and given to help aid the sick and things like that so that's why you're more likely to go to the pharmacy to buy a thing to help you heal than to go to the temple and pray for healing except for the most extreme circumstances of like i don't have my legs anymore please please regenerate them because <laughs> that a thing that can be done hopefully but with hopefully people so low level you're gonna get like normal healing potions right because why would anyone make more powerful healing potions if the normal one can heal a man from death's door to perfect well, health, right? Um, well, adventurers do exist, though, right? Mystios uh, are are rare, but they do exist. Uh, people who go out to try to do to try to become famous, like you exist in the world, uh, but they are in smaller number than we're normally used to, um, and things like. Um, like the 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 trained soldiers and things like that do make up a decent portion of like that mid like CR two to like five ish range where you know you may have like you know the the general of the army may have like eighty health and so you know there are people in that bracket if you will and that okay. need you know those sort of poultices and things like that. So magical items and stuff may be more powerful than what we may expect from the general public being of lower power level of like, yeah, there's not many people that can cast lightning bolt, lightning but bolt. scrolls of lightning bolt might be more common than we actually expect because of that. Because the gods have taught people to make scrolls, even if they themselves can't actually cast the spell. Uh, definitely in the definitely in the divine category more than the arcane uh, but yes that is definitely a, a thing and they are they are more bestowed for the aid of the people than they are to be sold sure so, okay. uh, so but somebody could toil and make like a plus two sword even though you know there's nobody around that actually has the spell that would allow them to cast 
you know, a level five magic weapon. Yes, those things do check out based. Yeah, that, that situation does check out. Yes. Okay. And, and that board just comes down to like the miracle side of things. Like it's not particularly spells that are happening. It's just God stuff. Yes. Okay. Um, in terms of like the shit you find while you're adventuring, uh, magical items and things like that are not terribly uncommon. They are not uh, terribly like like weak or like in in. Uh, you know, you're not going to be finding like scrolls of like cantrips and stuff like that. Uh, but you're not going to be stumbling over defenders and legendary items either. But those things do exist. A lot of them have to do with like the the war of old, you know, stuff from 500 years ago that's been buried or lost in uh, Geigen ruins. You know, there was a whole whole civilization that existed for two, three thousand years that was very much in touch with uh, magic, both natural and divine, that created magnificent things and were destroyed by the dragon lords. And that's where, so like when you're going down, like someone unearthed an ancient ruin, that's most likely an ancient Geigen ruin. And that is most likely dangerous, but also full of crazy shit. We're talking crazy shit like Rare, plus very rare nine items. swords. Okay, yeah. So like, not you're not getting a plus one sword and be like, ah, finally I've found the magical sword, like my great grandfather used to have. It'll be like I found my rare, Avenger rare. or my Holy Avenger. Yeah, you f you found a blade, you know, blessed and and made you know 400 years ago that is quite powerful and allows you to bend lightning to your whim and something like that yes it is it okay. is iconic weapons uh, very much that, that's not to say those things don't exist like plus one swords they do exist they're around you can go get them you could buy them uh in terms of going to like really big uh population centers like like mitros or uh Aresia. um because okay. those cities are often dealing like those that those are the places where you can find magic items like that because Aresia and Mitro spent so much time being at war that they have invested time towards creating those things and being able to make shields that protect better than any normal bronze could and swords that cut through metal like nothing else and things like that because okay. war breeds that sort of invention. So it wouldn't be weird to like go to an arena and there's like a CR5 gladiator that actually has a magical sword or a magical shield or something correct and and okay. that that gladiator will have a reputation that gladiator will be known as you know ajax the destroyer with the flamed blade of felt the ghost that it you know carries his name so people that will wield these kind of things like they have some clout to them always they always have clout there is not just a dude that just has you know a holy avenger and is just a guy <laughs> but they may just have like a plus one sword there are people that just have like a mithril plus one sword yes okay like if you're just rich you yeah, might just you, have like yeah. four or five <laughs> magical items in your house just like up on the wall because you're showing off your wealth okay gotcha yeah 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 <clears throat> whether or not you actually know how to use that fucking thing it's a whole other argument but you may just yeah. have it just to brag about it <clears throat> um 
you know, we touched on this earlier, but just go over it again. Laws and taboos. Uh, so the world mostly works on a modern day law system with a few choice exceptions. Uh, Mitros has an issue with slavery via oath. Uh, it famously, famously, Vallis worked to outlaw outright slavery, uh, but there are those who found a loophole via the absolute magic of oaths that the five cannot violate or tamper with. Uh, minotaurs are often captured and enslaved via this oath loophole. It is a taboo to go against any oaths you have sworn, and doing so will cost you both in the form of curses and potentially impacting your fame as well. Um, so that's sort of just covering what we already sort of talked about. Um... In terms of the starting location and hook, I know this is important for a lot of people trying to write the end of their backstories. Um, so we are going to be starting at the Sour Vintage. We're going to be starting at the Sour Vintage, a tavern deep in the heartlands. Um, things, is get, getting into public knowledge here, things that your character should know. Things have changed for the worse in Thylea. Monsters menace the roads and corruption is threatening the cities. The The future of Thylea as a whole looks grim. Um, Sidon has been demanding sacrifices daily at every temple and his wife, Lutheria, has been doing horrible things in the shadows that are secret rituals through cults and things like that. And there have been whispers in, in taverns and gossip of like people going missing and that sort of thing. Um, the five gods who once protected the settlers are silent on the matter. They have not been giving any advice or giving, you know, uh, like big speeches or don't worry, things are going to be okay. There's definite worry through the citizenry. Um, and it has hit the citizens' ears most recently, the most recent development being that the Oracle has prophesized the doom of Thylea, the death of the gods, the destruction of Mitros, and the total annihilation of the mortal races. Now, you all are part of a group of warriors or people who have done something um, in the world already, which has gotten you to level three, whatever that is, and you have been summoned to the heartlands in an attempt to avert uh, this crisis that is taking place there, taking place in the heartlands and potentially get answers to your own personal um, problems from the Oracle. You each have your own reasons, your epic path mostly, uh, for answering the call, um, but rumors of your coming to this place are, are, are almost beating you to the tavern itself uh, because you have just a smidge of notoriety coming into this being at level three. Um, you have been summoned... the prophecy of the world ending, like, the world is going to end except for there's a chance or is everyone literally just right building now, like, bunkers yeah, because, like, like well, the world's ending, so fuck it, I'll just kill whoever the fuck I want and fuck whoever I want because... It's yeah. Armageddon, motherfucker! Do we have people on the on the road purging? No. Are they, yeah, is it purge? Or are we no. just in the purge right now? Is everybody out yeah. here purging? Yeah, so most people are focusing on the, oh god, the world is ending, so she says, and the oracle has never been wrong before, but there is, there is always the person who's a bit more informed, who says, you know, but she said that she saw those who could stand up against the titans, against the doom, but no one knows who they are. No one knows who they are, for now. So, okay. Okay. Are these, are these sacrifices dead. human sacrifices? And if so, how do they get around like murder? 
uh what in terms of Sidon's daily sacrifices yeah yeah um so in that? terms in terms of human sacrifices um that is that is a thing that can and has in the past happened in terms of the god demanding it um and in terms of getting around murder uh usually the sad line of thinking is that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few because if we don't sacrifice you Sidon is going to sink our city into the earth for all eternity is this in terms of the stuff that Lutheria is doing in the shadows that's bad that is not that is murder that is not her demanding sacrifices that is the cults of Lutheria doing things to to in their belief please her and they are bad and can totally be stopped but so in terms people of volunteer for Sidon maybe not so much for Lutheria yeah like my my question is uh in the public knowledge of Sidon demands you know daily sacrifices is it just being left alone like the word sacrifices or do people know the nitty-gritty how that's happening and what's going so on? usually the sacrifice is of a a great number or a great example of some uh beast of burden or animals those things are the common sacrifice human sacrifices uh are a rarity for sidon's demands that's not to say that that can't happen there definitely can be a situation that sidon demands you know mortal life be spilt in his name uh but normally it is let us grab the great white bull and spill its blood upon the altar and let you know the its life essence be taken by the gods um <clears throat> so typically it is animals you know uh, uh i believe it's called a hectare uh so the slaughter of a hundred cows for you know uh for zeus is a thing that famously you know took place in ancient greece or whatever and so that sort of thing is normally the commonplace uh human sacrifices are the rare exception but they do happen okay. how so widespread is armageddon the concept like, is, of it? it's just everyone aware that the world is going to end in like a couple years or is it just like is Are the crackpots the ones singing the praises so, of Armageddon and everybody else like, eh, fuck or, off. Or is it like a weird generational disconnect where you've got the ones who they've lived for hundreds of years back when the, the era of peace began and they know the significance of this or you have several generations of settlers later, they're just kind of like, yeah, I've heard of it, but it's not actually happening. Like, like 2012, end of the world! <sighs> 2020 climate change. Like it seems like the oracle would be a big deal, and a lot of people would heed its words. But also, it'd be a weird world to play in for D and D if everyone is panicking. <laughs> so it's more like how much of a buy-in from the majority of the world is this? Yeah, like, are people still running their shops, or are they building boats to leave? Yeah, so, uh, well, they can't really leave, unfortunately. And so then uh, people are still living their day-to-day -day lives. They are trying, in a lot of cases, to do so. There, There is basically the, the dissent that's cracking its way through the people, through the populace, uh, especially with the fact that whoever it is that could potentially stave off the doom of Thylea is, you know, unknown, and people don't know if that'll actually happen or not. There's definitely a, a sense of well, maybe maybe they won't destroy the world if we worship them, 
more than the five. Maybe if we show them love and, and reverence, they won't destroy everything. Sidon's hubris can be fed more than his thirst for destruction. So there, there is, there is a, uh, a sort of like a shifting, I don't want to say political climate, but like a, 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 a religious climate of like, you know, praise and reverence to the five is just going to slowly but surely start tilting lower and lower down especially as the events of the story take place uh and depending on what your guys's uh interactions with those events look like and what decisions you make that can tip the scales further and further in the favor of the titans or it can help bring the balance back and help keep people believing in the efforts of the five uh and in your efforts as well is uh the reverence towards both groups is it a similar concept as Fuck, which movie was that? Clash of the Ten? Whatever the one where is I made these people so they can pray to us because that gives us power. Is it like that? I that think is that definitely, Clash that is, yeah, that was Clash of the Titans. That was Zeus. Uh, that is definitely the opinion of the Titans, yes. That is the okay. way that they feel. That is why, and that's why, and, and it is known that they feel that way. And that is why people make sure to give reverence to Etheria before having celebrations and, and drinking of wine and things like that. Give a libation to Etheria, lest you be cursed. Um, so people give those, uh, that reverence and they do so increasingly now with this foretold doom. It is... It is being processed by the majority of people in a sort of, in a classic human way, in that it is not something that they can truly picture. So they, they, they want to believe subconsciously that it won't be as bad as she says it is going to be. They want to believe that if they perform the sacrifices, if they do everything they're supposed to do, it'll work out in the end. And, and Sidon's wrath will, will be, at worst, a bad day of rain. And they can give sacrifice and they can do everything they can to appease him. And it'll work out. You know, people have been crackpot theorying about, like, the oath of peace is coming to an end because that is a known thing. That is a, that, that oath is a known element in this argument. And what will happen when it ends people don't know and they've chosen for a long time not to worry about it but now people are starting to worry but they have to keep living because the world does not stop turning in spite of that so it's like cold war era stuff where yes that is a, a lot of people are going through the motions of like let's have yep. our nuke drills and let's hide under our desks because <laughs> We have to do something to calm our minds. Like, we're actually preparing, even though we know it's not going to do any good. Yeah, and then the vast majority of people are like, I don't know, the government will figure it out, hopefully. Yes, I mean, if that, we get that, nuked, that, that, what are you going to do? That is a He'll big get part us of through this giant blizzard that's that is, coming uh, to that kill is, us all and freeze over the world. And, like, the, <laughs> the boogeyman is like, the commies are coming, where it's like, everybody's on the lookout for commies. Fucking, fucking but, good, uh, you know... <laughs> Go to good, school. good on you there. That's a that's okay. a that is a perfect metaphor. And the belief that the government will take care of it because of the things that um, certain people in high positions of power are publicly doing, whether or not they know it'll work or not, people are believing in them. People okay. are believing in the efforts of those in power because of some things you'll find out through the story. Um, of like how people are like, oh, it's okay, it's okay. They're looking out for us. They have a plan. It'll be okay. Those people are there uh, to, to to take care of it. They'll figure it out like they figured it out last time because it's already been done before. We survived last time. We can do it again, huh? So, are we those people? 
Or is the oracle that person that's like, yes, I found the people. It's these the, guys. The people at the beginning of the story are will be evident as we go through the story. And then you guys will also become part of that as you build fame and notoriety. You'll People will believe in you, which is why they'll come to serve you and stuff like that. Um, okay. So there is the drastic public opinion shift in like the last year of the Russians are evil and the commies are going to come and get us. So people are fearful about more stuff than they used to be, but at the same time, it's basically just talk most of the time. Okay. Yeah, but but there have they might, been... They might hang a, a colony every once in a while, but you know, whoops. <laughs> but there, there is, you know, there is the aspects, um, the, the greatest sense of like that it's okay, we'll get through it attitude comes from the cities from the big cities because they have the walls, they have the soldiers, they have the people who they believe will protect them. But things get harder as you get out into the heartlands and as you get out into the hamlets and things like that, out where there are no big walls, there aren't cities. And those those are the places, like in the start of the game, that are going to need your help. Gotcha. At least with the opening. I believe Nicole will be joining us shortly. I just saw her pop into roll 20. Hey, nice. We're still here. Yeah, we, got to, we get to talk about even close to rape just as she comes in. Well, uh, we're yeah. back to now the come. Oh, no. <laughs> I just Whoopsie. noticed that they came in. We got her done yet? God. That was, that was... As Nick just wakes up, like, well, we're not done. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, uh, Nick rolls over, takes another nap. Several hours later. That was, so that was, are, uh, I mean, it's a big checklist, to be fair. So we're at, like, structure and guidelines. <laughs> It's it's a big list, but Brendan, I think, what chapter are we on? I, I think, think we're at the end of chapter four, world tour. Okay, we just got well, done with got starting like, location. Don't we have like three more or something? Yeah, because we got to talk about our characters and shit. No, we're almost done because we've got character creation, uh, party creation, and then the possible group homework. Hey, Nicole, welcome back. And then our oh. Oh. welcome back, darling. Hey, oh. we're, here. we're still talking. Did you break a lot of legs? <laughs> All the legs. <laughs> Nick, you never mean to fall asleep. But you always do. <laughs> hey now, hey now, hey now. Nick doesn't always fall asleep. That's fair. Sometimes. Yes, yes. Now, um, we just got finished talking about the starting location and hook for the game. Um, you know, which I can I'll reiterate at a later point uh, for you. Um, now, in terms of like structure and guidelines of alignments and things like that, uh, we're, we're going pretty hands off in terms of like, you know, well, you said lawful good, so you can't do this kind of thing. We're, we're playing it like we normally do in terms of the alignment mattering uh, thing, you know, in terms of allowed alignments, uh, I would Just definitely say, uh, you know, lawful or neutral evil would be the only two evils that are allowed. And then you're still subjected to what the the course of the game is it is in your best interest to try to save the world because you fucking live here and there's no getting away from it uh and being selfish and those sorts of things you know uh, are fine you are a flawed hero and you are a hero in the sense that the peaship the people worship you and expect you expect you to save them from the horrible monsters out in the dark but Again, you are not expected to be Superman because that's not the expect expectation of the game and that's not my expectation for the world and the people would certainly love it if you were Superman, but to them, you are people they 
could never truly be in a way uh and they they worship and loud you because of it because of the things that you're willing to face and do that they wouldn't that's what makes you extraordinary not because you are nice cool, cool. but i am nice that's irrelevant <laughs> yeah, you can be nice right. you're gonna fuck us up and make a problematic character maybe we're just pretending to be nice because you're a comic you can be nice <laughs> and be evil yeah, you can buy yeah. girls' dresses and take them to, to fun parties and be a nice little person and also be evil. And send your friends to a cannibal tribe. Yikes. Who's yeah, a psychopath nice. that does what? nice things? Who would do that? I know, right? Psychopath. <laughs> All uh, right. God, I desperately need to use the restroom. Uh, go pee! Take a break. <laughs> You're a grown-ass man, go we pee! We've sort of already done character creation, unless we have questions that... Yeah, I mean, just take a moment to go ahead and, like, discuss what it is you're, you're thinking for your character, like, personality, where you sort of see them fitting in, in terms of normal group dynamics. Uh, please. Yeah, do any of us have, like, a weird sort of... This is an odd concept thing. My character is just sort of... Just sort of straight to the point, matter of fact. Uh, she's a little bit dour, but she does not get discouraged, but certainly not emotional. Do we have anything that's I... just like, I'm evil, I just want to murder. Mm, I want to try to play Nyx as a bit standoffish, just because she's... I don't imagine her to be used to having to interact with a lot of people. Uh, I expect her to be very much used to people not wanting to be around her. So, but I don't, I don't know if I want to play that as, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm very awkward because bitch is 500 years old. So <laughs> I don't know if I, I want her to be like awkward or naive, but it's really mostly like she hovers on the edge of crowds. So I don't know how that would really play into most of the stuff that we're doing. Try yeah. to be like the, the really old person looking at the young people being stupid. Like, oh, you're, mm -hmm. you're so stupid. It's okay, though. You, you <laughs> don't know any better, Pat Pat. You gotta be a wisdom person. You gotta I, be I giving know. us words of advice and stuff. I can. I, I feel like I can do it way better with her than I, I do with Persephone because Persephone is like, I have high wisdom, but I'm also really young, and so there's a lot of dumb in there. Whereas uh, uh, she's uh. like, I'm centuries old and I've traveled across the heartlands. Yeah, Persephone is definitely super perceptive. Maybe not exactly yeah. wise. I think her Perse Persephone's wisdom score goes into other skills that require yeah. wisdom and i think nix's wisdom score will fill in whatever persephone doesn't necessarily have okay. hmm. about the rest of you guys what about you john uh let's see i always see the best in people um i try my best not to murder people unless they've hurt other people beyond normal means help out fellow party members unless they're evil uh i don't like the smell of cheese that's weird <laughs> Uh -huh. I'm lactose intolerant. There you go. I grew up on an island, but I love steak. Uh, ch -ch 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 -ch. I, I would maybe warn you about fart jokes if we're trying to be more serious. <laughs> yeah, I just don't like the like smell that. of cheese. That's fair. I don't like big animals, and I don't trust centaurs or gigans, because uh, why do they have so many legs? I didn't put any ideal Dogs. for Nyx. I'm just realizing this now. <laughs> uh... You know, people in need, you don't exploit them. I'm cheerful. You just I can be annoying at times, but I have traditional good dude doing good things. 
that I want Nyx to be one of those, like, she'll feel very deeply. So it's not, like, sadness. It's more, like, despair. Like, not as comically dramatic as that. But when she feels emotions, I want them to be, like, almost overwhelming. But I, I'm not going to be obnoxious. Like, I'm not going to wail and cry like this. Like, no. That's going Gregory I'm route of, like, <laughs> you may be a, a tough motherfucker, but you still cry. I Yeah, I have a, uh, I have in here, I cry frequently when I'm frustrated, which is, no, I cry when I'm frustrated, which is frequently. There you go. All right. What about the rest of you? By you, Nicholas. Uh, I, I, I still kind of don't know who the fuck my character is. Oh, Nick. Nice. Right. That's a mood. So you just murder <laughs> everybody you see. Here, Nicole. Okay. This is true. I do. I do have like, like her kind of base personality figured out. It's just the details that still need. Yeah, go for it. We don't need to know if you're lactose intolerant, but just try to get a feeling to make sure that you know. Somebody doesn't say something and be like, ooh, that's going to be an issue, because uh, I hate that. <laughs> right. Um, I feel well, like okay. I'm just going to turn it to, like, this character is just going to be Nick number three. <laughs> <laughs> just, just less just, sass. Just sassy boy. <laughs> less sass, apparently. Less sass? What? I mean, what are you, Nick, if not but, sass incarnate? See, what I tried to do, less sass... NPCs pissed me off, so then I became sass. <laughs> yeah, they said good go. morning. What the fuck you mean good morning? Fuck I stab him. I just murder him. <laughs> Burn the village. <laughs> Goodbye. They said good morning. They knew it was coming. Oh. I'll probably try to go for a Superman personality. Just like it. go go find Superman on Wikipedia and then just copy it down and put it on my character sheet. There you go. So so sweet summer child. Country hick boy, <laughs> too do idealistic. You, do you do you think like your your character? So let's try to let's try to dig down into this. Let's talk about the parts of Superman and figure out whether that applies to your character or not. Do you feel like He's your thought, character? I'm still half asleep. I believe in you. Do you feel like your character is like overly idealistic and has a sort of like whimsical naivety to them, or do you feel like they they've experienced things and they they are a good person in the sense that they have the courage to still believe in people, even though they know a lot of the times people are going to fall short, but that's just the way people are. Like, where, where would you see them on that sort of spectrum? I had an answer that I forgot the first half of your sentence. Mood. But, what do you uh, like about Superman? And how does that apply to your character? He's easy. Um... Uh, I guess not really naive, not really anymore, but he does try to see the best in people. Uh, even after being betrayed, he's not like vindictive or anything, but I would say that he doesn't trust people as much as he trusts himself, though. I know that's a big Superman thing where he feels like he could do everything. And so. So sort of a savior complex a little bit. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I was thinking of trying to go more boisterous, but also that requires me to be that loud, and I'm not a loud person. <laughs> he 
he does, however, what to fuck everything. Oh, oh man, there's gonna be a lot of party fucking apparently. All there's right. There's gonna be a lot of fade to blacks. A lot of orgies. <laughs> Buckle up. A lot of fade to blacks. Okay. Uh, what are you what are you thinking in terms of the base personality uh ideas like some some keywords or something like that uh nicole um half a second sorry i have like three notebooks in my hands and i don't have that many hands um <laughs> i certainly hope not you only have two hands what the fuck? What? What? what's wrong with them having an extra hand i've got five i mean you guys don't have only two hands. <laughs> what the freak show is this? Um, There's some more hands. Alright, so in theory, she, her like worldview is a little bit <laughs> not just a little bit. It's very chaotic. It's very much just like um, do it because why not? kind of thing um but the things that she does do because why not are motivated by um like an insatiable curiosity and um she she collects people um it the i'm kind of i'm kind of tweaking the book was like nymphs collect people and they like make them pets and they groom them whatever and get like really possessive and I'm kind of tweaking that idea into more of um she's young for a nymph but still has seen the world and so she kind of she collects people a little bit more in a um she sees something they're struggling with and so she tries to fix it Okay. That. Um, and it's not always oh. for the best. <laughs> sometimes they don't want it to be fixed, and sometimes they don't know it's a flaw, or it's not actually a flaw, she just sees it that way. Um, and so she very much is, like, she, she uses her ability to charm people too much. <laughs> gotcha. Hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Interesting. Okay. She has a really hard time understanding, like, um, the struggles of the everyday person. So it's far, one of those things where... Huh? So far removed from normal, quote-unquote, society. Yeah. Yeah. She was... First, she was a nymph, so she was literally, like, born out of a tree. Yep. Wasn't... Didn't really <laughs> interact with people. Nude. And then she went and lived with the Amazons. And so her only real her only real idea of civilization is like Amazonian warrior women that live on an island and need to hunt in the woods. Like pretty barbarian, really. Savage compared to society, I guess. Yeah, but islands are awesome. Islands are amazing. <laughs> yeah. They can uh, have an island. Depends on the people that <laughs> we're gonna have a lot of fun island conversations. Yes. <laughs> I don't understand why, but I will enjoy. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's essentially what I have worked out so far. That's 
pretty freaking good. Is Nick sort of yeah. gonna be the same too? Of like sort of fish out of water sort of thing? No, Nick. Or she's been has, around a long around. Nyx has been around for 500 years. Uh, she's been traveling the mainland of Thylea for several hundred. She left her islands within the first hundred. Okay, uh, gotcha. So she's she's well adapted to society and civilization. She's traveled between Mitros and Storia. Like she's she's been around. It's just the the fish out of water thing comes from the fact that people don't really feel comfortable around her. So it does give that impression that maybe she doesn't fit in, whereas she 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 knows what's going on. Gotcha. Okay. Peter. Okay, that's a Pete. So it just came on as just as you said my name. Oh, that's kind of weird. Yeah, uh, character has to be. Yeah, my character has to be. Uh, the really very broad and concise version that I discussed, I basically summed it up if I can remember correctly when I was talking with Jordan about this was. He's Ivar, but less edgy. Way less edgy. You know, the triumphant, because tri I'm going to keep going back to this void because it's really good. Uh, triumph really does describe who he is and what he represents and what he's going to do because... Uh... I don't know, I guess in comparison to everyone else, he's sort of like a good person, but sort of drawing upon, I guess like Gregory a bit, of he doesn't really see himself as a hero, he only sees himself as a hero because other people are telling himself he's the hero, or telling them he's a hero, but it's more like, I wear a helm, so I am only a soldier, type of deal. Sort of my doing name is soldier, and by my spirit they will know war. So Ivar, but less edgy. <laughs> Alright, so we got... And I get to go pee. Sort of Nick is the only, like, sort of heroic one out of us. Yeah, it seems, it seems like, from what I'm hearing, uh, we're looking at sort of striving to, to, to you know, trying to be that sort of hero uh, from Nick. We're looking at a sense of duty and uh, perseverance, at least from the conversations that I've had with with Peter about his character. You know, we're looking at someone who strives through uh, diligence and practice to be the best at what it is they do, which is fighting things. And they do so out of duty and responsibility. Uh, and then we're looking at someone who has traveled the world and seen what it has to offer, interacted with the people that would interact with them, uh, and has a good understanding of people. It's just that they typically steer away from them in terms of Nick's. Um, and she has wisdom to her uh, that is aged by experience and she is okay with sharing that wisdom as well she doesn't does she hesitate on that or does she just sort of offer it up willingly or if she had does she have to be asked like nix what do you think or are you just telling people like you really shouldn't do that because or like, where do you where do you it's, see her at? it's a sliding scale it will very much depend on the situation and the person involved if it's somebody that she cares about that 
she that she has the opportunity to steer away from a potential bad idea. Her advice is coming. Like, won't give a fuck. It's it's happening. But if it's like some Joe Schmo who's you know clearly getting conned by a, a charlatan, she's not gonna interject. She's she's more she's selfish in the sense that she just kind of keeps to herself. She doesn't go out of her way necessarily to do anything for others. Okay, so that's sounding really neutral in terms of her alignment. She's she's caring it's, about the people she cares about, but she's not sticking her neck yeah, out for people. It's a, it's, she's good in the sense that she doesn't want to do harm. She absolutely does not want to cause harm, but she's neutral in the sense that she's not out here looking for people that need her help. Gotcha. Okay. Jordan, you're killing me with the banging. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. I was playing with a pin. <laughs> I was wondering what the ominous drum beat was. Oh, that, that's my uh, that's my game over music. Don't worry about that. <laughs> oh. Game over, man. Game over. Oh, the, so, the music? No. Or the pen. Your, 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 your pen, which is, pain, which is percussion, which is my game over music. So we got... I sort of want to know, like, the sort of feeling of the prophecy. We got Nick. The prophecy is, I'm assuming, this is my chance to save people, right? For Nick's, the prophecy is, this is I my... I meant Nick, Nick. Nick, Nick. God, God damn it. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> this is your fault, man. Why did you ever Everyone change your names. No! I just yeah, did so Nick for, first because I, so I think for, I know. For, for Theomos. Yeah. The, uh, Wait, is it Theomos or Theomos? Uh, technically, it's Theomos, but if you like call him as a nickname, either Theo or Theo, Theo, Theo sounds better than Theo as a nickname, so you can just call him Theo. Theomos. The Theomos is the name, Theo is the nickname. Okay. But do you see it as just like, you're good, you're gung ho, this will let you save people, and you need to do it? Oh, I'm also just trying to save my mom, but like, uh, I mean, I'm also trying to save people, so, yeah, basically. Okay. I am totally down for the prophecy because I see it as the thing I have to do, and I'm going to do whatever I can to get it accomplished. I don't really feel happy about it or anything, but. It's just the task put in front of me that has to happen. All right, Nix, you get told you're off to save the world. Um, she hyperventilates and cries because all she wanted to know is what happened to her moms. Nix is my accidentally the chosen one. She's not done anything. In fact, she she's not really a lucky person. So the very concept that Hi, you have the opportunity to save the world. <laughs> oh no, no really. I'm going to kill it. No, really. So sort of oh, disbelief no, you're going to take some convincing and maybe we're going to be dragging you along no, in the beginning? You, it won't be dragging because I, I feel like with the... The Oracle is the Oracle and she's very much guided by the five gods. Valis has helped her with her travels and the direction. So if the Oracle says you're going to save the world, she will still interpret that as this is just another part of her seeking the answers that she needs to. She's just not going to be thoroughly convinced that she's going to be doing the saving part. She just knows she's going to be involved with the saviors of the world. Yeah, I don't I don't want anybody having to to drag her around like come on Nix, we got to go kill the thing and Nix is like no, 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 like no, 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 no. She's she's not going to need to be dragged or convinced. It's just she doesn't 
it will be a lot of denial. It will be like everybody else is telling her, you're a hero, and she's like, I just stood there. Muffin. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. All right. So that is we'll an aspect of the character you. that might change over time. It might. It, it. I can see that being a thing uh, as her confidence and self-worth grows in what she is capable of and as she overcomes her current obstacles and barriers, that will change. That, that should change. And that would be a nice direction for her to go from constantly not knowing and, not, and, and wondering. Like, she's, she's lost for the most part. So having her not be as lost anymore and have a direction that she can give herself and that she feels like she is walking on for herself versus somebody telling her to go that way. That is that is something I do want to work towards in her character arc. Okay. John, yeah. you get told you're about to save the world. I'm going to save the world? Yeah. Is it going to is it going to bring my home home, home back? Maybe. Well, then let's do it. All right, Whatever I gotta do to bring my home back. Peter, you get told you were about to save the world. Uh, reluctant agreeing, followed by confusion on why him. Hey, All right. big mood. And then, yet to be named character. <laughs> I think they have a name. Nicole. Oh, that Inferia. 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 Is it, or is it, yeah. you, you get it's told you're about to say the world. F or is it a T? Oh, there you are. It's in the it's in the roll twenty. Yeah. Look at her. Oh, Inferia. What's come? Oh, yeah. look at that! Ew. I like it. Thanks. I, I did that with like a little online avatar creator thing. <gasps> That's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, watch um. it out. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, actually. Um, I have so many characters from that. You need to send um, me a link after this. I will. Um, what was I saying? Oh, I got told I was going to save the world. Yep. Fascinating. That's that's generally the reaction. <laughs> and you, you gung ho. You're like, I'm down for this. It's like, I'll do it. Like, no, I'd rather because I really am curious about what will happen. All right. And. If I end up not liking it, then, well, then I'll deal with that bridge when I get there. <laughs> so we got we got three people that are gung-ho that are sort of going to be pushing and pulling the group ahead to get to the next spot. We've got two people that are just confused and not sure why they're actually there, but they're along for the yeah, ride because they don't have anything better reason, to do. Yeah, the reason why my character is confused is, unlike the doomed one, my path, my dude, is just a dude. He's not. He's not a. Uh, no, he's not a chosen one. He's what you're doomed to? He's he's not a doomed one. He's the dragon slayer. But okay. he's a person. He's a dude. Oh, he's the dude he's one. He's just a person. He's not. He's not a divine soul. You know, he's not a demigod. He's not cursed. You know, he's not out there to save the world. He's not a chosen one. He's confused because he's literally just a man. Yeah. Oh, he's Gregory. Why are you picking me? I'm a soldier. I am just a soldier. Yeah, but you save the time. I'm just a dude. Yeah, and That's for good me. at martial prowess. I'm a mm. fighter. I'm a human fighter. Why are you picking me? Yeah. That's and... why he's confused. He's still going along because fate declared itself, so he'll push forward with all he can. Because I mortal like will and all very, that. But it's, it's very Perseus. Yeah, and for why me... is the fighter who has no innate magical ability being chosen to save the world? 
Yeah, and for Nyx, it was she goes seeking answers because her entire life journey has been figuring out the big mystery of what happened to her moms and what does it have to do with her. And she she's going to the Oracle because she wants that answer. She thinks the Oracle can answer it. And instead of, you know, Nyx is like, tell me the answer of two plus two. Instead of saying four, the Oracle is like, you're going to save the world. What? Well, damn. And then we've got a quadratic equation in every formula to solve yeah. uh, material elasticity and says, you have to go on this what's... adventure with those other guys to solve Brenda, what's your character think about saving the world? Yeah. I said she is, she thinks that's the, the right answer. It's what something that's above her told her. She thinks that is the next thing she has to do. And she is going to put her entire being into doing that thing, as she sort of always does. She never really puts her own health in consideration to what has to be done. So if she hears she's got to save the world, she is going to put her heart and soul into doing that. And then we've got one that is along for the ride more because it sounds like the most interesting thing going on at the time. And it might help find help her find the things she wants to find. Okay. So there is some personal gain in there besides just you know, it's entertaining. Yeah. Nothing's cooler than dragons. Good. Do the three of our non-gung-ho people super believe the prophecy? Yes. Peter? Nicole? She... He believes... No. Okay, hmm. go ahead. No, you go ahead first. I have to think about no, this. No, no, you go. No, oh, I need to think. So on my... I'm just gonna. <laughs> no, you, you spoke first. While y'all sit there and wonder. So <laughs> Nyx believes in the prophecy because Nyx was actually born right after the oath of peace uh, was signed. So oh, you're a peace baby. She is very heavily tied into uh, this prophecy of the end of Thylea, and that I feel like that history of her and. Uh, what the people of her islands have gone through as a result of the Titans and the Oath is going to be heavily involved with why it is she doesn't just dip out and quit because it's not the answer. It's because she knows all of it is somehow connected to each other. She doesn't know how. She doesn't know why. So that's part of why she believes in the prophecy. So if the Oracle says, you are part of the Chosen One who I've foreseen to save the world... She doesn't think she can do that right now, but if the prophecy says that, and if it gets her closer to connecting all of these dots that she's just been juggling for 500 years, then so be it. Oh, man. All right, I bought y'all some time. Are you ready, Nicole? It is much appreciated. I'm ready if you're ready. <laughs> um, for Inferia... It's not so much that she believes wholeheartedly in the prophecy as that she wants to. She, um, she's kind of spent her whole life trying to prove herself. She's naturally good at a lot of things and so has faced a lot of ridicule for it and um, has kind of handled it by distancing herself. Um, and that's a little bit where the collecting people thing comes from it's a lot easier to help people if you collect them than it is to try to have an actual relationship with them 
um, when they're just going to be mad at you for helping. Um, she wants the prophecy to be true because it gives a sense of um, like justification for all that's happened in that regard. Um, but she's also doesn't want it to be true because that that to her kind of um, invalidates her skills because she only has them because she's the cho- part of the chosen few or whatever. And so she has mixed feelings about it, but isn't going to go against it. Okay. All right. You're like, I fuck this prophecy. I leave immediately. Yeah, my character's like, ha ha, I kill the oracle. Right. <laughs> well, <they laughs> throw my spear at the oracle. Fuck you! Initiative. And As furious. Jordan just shuts down. Got furiously. In character. So the reoccurring thing for my dude is, and you might you might hear me say this a lot as we talk more about my character, but it's mortal will. It's just him being a dude. But he will believe, he chooses to believe in the prophecy only if and only because it's the only guidance that he really only has in in his life for now, as it seems. Sort of like Mel's idea and thoughts and beliefs for Nyx. He'll grow into, I guess, the fate that he's been put into eventually, but... For now, it's... Yeah, I don't really think I'm special, guys. But he's still gonna push forward because that's just who he is. So you think he maybe he the... He get to third level because he quit. But you think maybe the Oracle got it wrong? Mm, partially. But he... But looking to the future, for me personally, I know that my character will ease into the fate. Into okay. the prophecy. But for now, he's like... Gotcha. No, I don't think I'm special, guys. How do you think your character would feel if they found out that they were special, or they they did have something that made them different? He would believe it was through his own mortal will. I <laughs> I wielded this power because I made it happen. A self-made man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I vie with less edge. Don't believe in fate. Good shit. All right. It doesn't sound like they forsaken to me a long time yeah, ago when like that dragon with came and killed everyone. No, it it definitely seems like there's half the group that is going to be driving the party, the other half of the group that is going to be the, uh... Doubting themselves along the way. Yeah. yeah. Doubting themselves, but Second also my really. character. Well, he's not in particular no, charismatic. He's also it's not, inspiring. It's not the second I guessing. Yeah. Like, I, I still want to be an active member of the party and actively... No, don't worry. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna be actively dragging the party down. If anything, yeah, I'll be the of, one that pushes the, us forward. The self-doubt is really more gonna be internalized, but yeah. I don't I don't want her to yeah. stand in the background as everybody discusses how we're gonna go in and defeat the whatever monster we have to defeat. Like, no, 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 no. Nyx is gonna be an active part of it. I just want that insecurity and that denial of her being this powerful thing, I want that to be more of like her personal thing that she needs to get over, but I don't want it to be holding the party back. Gotcha. Yeah. He's not going to be actively doubting the party. Good shit. Now, again, then... like, what was that quote that I said? My name is Soldier, and by my spear, they will know more. You know, it's that kind of confidence. 
I'm gonna. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Has, with the power, with the power of the five, Nyx will help the party get through whatever the fuck. Is it is it problematic for your character to, uh, to like get magic, not magic items, but like, to develop magic or whatever, like in terms of boon? Should I steer away from having your will manifest in a magical fashion, or does that line up right with the character? Me. Yes, you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. If that's, it's that's magical, it like, has to come from the magic item. man. But if, if, if it's so, magical, that's why I was like, hey, you know, it would be cool if I got a cape. And if it, if it did the thing. Eh, so, eh. so the gods don't come down and give you magical wings, because then you're like, well, I don't want to use your stupid magical wings, but if you've just gotten stronger if I, if over I the fucking months. If I get out of way to harness fucking dragon wings, and I can just have dragon wings as an item, you would fucking do that. But you don't want like gifts from powerful yeah, he creatures. Be booned from the gods, and here you go. So it, it needs to, it needs you, can to your, be. Can your boons be self development? Can they come from within? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's mostly that's what I'll be pushing for. Yeah. Okay, because like if I if I you know because, like, if I say uh, you know you can do this new magical thing, the the answer is as to well, well why? It's like I don't want it to just be you know. Because you can, because that just seems like me sort of half-assing it, but it seems like you want the the origin for why it is you can do this new thing. Like, things involving fire and stuff like that have to come from somewhere, and if you want it to just be a manifestation of your will, uh, an almost not, uh, not a sorceress origin, but sorceress adjacent in the sense that, you know, magic pervases everything in the world, and your will literally manifests it through you, for whatever reason, like just because of who you are, not because of like your bloodline or because of somebody else, is that all right? Because I'm trying to figure out how to mesh those two things together. <clears throat> like, how do no, I give I'm you a flaming yes, spear, Peter? But if you, but you don't want magic from anywhere. It sounds like he wants to pick up a flaming spear, not. I want to find the flaming spear because I killed slots. the thing wielding the flaming spear because I killed it and it had it. Well, it sounds like a Gregory thing, where, like, his boons are still boons, but it's like, yeah, yeah, it's as a like, bonus action, you can run twice the speed. Like, you can dash as a bonus yeah. action, or you can I have the armor shit, that lets me shrug shit. off the crit. Yeah, stuff like that. Or it's it's physical stuff that it's not just, like, yeah, a magical aura fire. burst forth from my body! Like, well, where, yeah. where the fuck did that come from? He's not an anime character. Gregory's also... mind goes so numb that he just has resistance to damage. He just ignores the pain. Would yeah. you also be okay if it's similar to how Persephone gets her boons, where it's like, you've worked so hard in this direction, now you can do these things? Yeah, that's fine. Like, the extra attack, for example, you know. you A normal person doesn't attack four times in six seconds. But... As long as it's not like you've taken so many blows, you're literally going rocks on your body. Like, well, that's, that's just weird <laughs> magic. But if he's just fucking tough, if his skin is just fucking rough and fucking coarse, it's like, yeah, that's just a rough-ass dude. Yeah, basically. Okay. I'll magical keep... has to come from my outside. I got you, Peter. Thank you, Brendan. If it's magical, it's got to come from some sort of outside source. All right, good shit. The, the big thing too, I want to know people's party roles. That's like a good question. From our group right now, the thing that makes the most sense for me would be one for John's character to be sort of the leader because he's a sorcerer and charisma, or Nick's character be the leader because he's also 
Superman, and Superman is Leader Boy, but I, we all know Nick doesn't want to talk. So it sounds like John would probably be Leader Man Face Boy, if that's what he wants to do. Yeah, uh, I thought you were talking in terms of like the foyer things. No, Joe, just, you know, we're playing the game. Who's doing what? I want to be not making big decision logistics, girl. Like, I want I want to make sure th shit is happening, but I want somebody to tell me what the fuck is happening first. Of like, hey, we're going to this dungeon. <laughs> you have a fucking truth. I know, I know. But that's why I'm forcing John to be the leader so he can tell me what to do. Because John will talk. Because uh, I want people to tell me what to do, and I'll be like, all right, I will make that happen. I will make sure we get shit lined up. I'll do the math and make sure that that's happening. What about the rest of you guys? What's your party role? Nyx is, even though she's been a loner, uh, her skill set is very good at planning travel, uh, hunting, scavenging. So I can see her being not exactly like Katie, where she's the right hand of the leader, but maybe like a co-leader of sorts. She'll be able to give direction because she's not just traveled. She's traveled under the guidance of Valis. She, I feel like, has picked up a lot of lore and history and stories along the way. So I guess kind of scavenger lore master-ish of at least about the last 500 years. Wisdom girl, I'm assuming you're, you're chock full of advice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Be like the strategist here. Since everyone seems to be depressy boys, I guess I'd be the optimistic. Uh, <laughs> hey, voice of reason. Moral hey, code. I'm super optimistic. I'm supposed to bring joy to everyone. I'm the somber, optimistic person. I remind us of mortal mortality. I'm optimistic, <laughs> and the fact that I let you guys know you're gonna die. <laughs> no, no, that's, also, that's also going back to self-actualized will from my character. Inferia likes to needle everybody. If a decision looks like it's about to be made, she'll bring up a point nobody brought up to try to make the discussion continue. <laughs> Doing the devil's oh, you're, advocate. You're a delayer. The devil's advocate in every way. She just really enjoys watching people have, like, have a discussion that leads to a decision because it tells her a lot about what kind of people they are Ooh. and what kind of things they think about. And so if she can make them think about more things, then she can learn more about them. And it's also a very kind of like manipulative without being malicious manipulative. I like that. Thanks. Does that come from also being, like, the sympathetic side? Does she actually believe those things? Or is it just literally being the devil's advocate? Like, if we are if we go to fight some people and you bring up the point of, like, wait a second, what if they're the good guys? What if they're not so bad? Do you actually believe that? Or is it just... And that's it's just to see how you see react. Us wiggle. Okay. <laughs> it's literally just to see how you... She's, she's so fascinated by like, the quote-unquote normal person and how their brains work, that any little, like, poke-poke-poke she can do to make everybody go into overdrive, she enjoys immensely. So that gotcha. that brings me another question I have for Inferia. What is, what is it that she considers a, quote, normal person? Is this, like, the outsider, the settlers of Thylea, or is it, like, the, the races of Thylea that are now within uh, civilization? Really, anyone 
<laughs> to her, it's really anyone who's not a nymph. <laughs> she's she's very much like anybody who grew up in a in a like in a civilized area or in a city or with a family or has a short, generally short lifespan. Um, people who live their life more immediately and who um, who have a solid, like, um, who have solid convictions and a moral compass and whatnot. We're gonna have fun. How prone to <laughs> violence are we as a group? Nyx is not against it. Oh, yeah. I'm very friendly. She's not against it if she needs to be. Like, if we're fighting and if she's in a situation where she needs to do a show of violence to, you know, to get through uh, or to prevent an issue, she is not against it. But we're, she's not going to go out and just start beating people up. Yep. I'm very pragmatic. If uh, killing the thing in front of us is the easiest and fastest and safest way of getting through something, she's down for it. I have to I have to have like validation like this thing is evil and it's not redeemable in the sense of like oh it's just some dude that you know like beat up somebody. Okay, we're going to go murder him and all of his family. No. Inferior? No, not his family, just him. <laughs> no. Unless he like, murdered, unless he like killed somebody like in front of me. Take him to the courts. So like some dude runs by you and cuts off your purse and starts running away from it, you would more likely let them go than throw a javelin in their back. Oh no, if you tried to run there would just Feeling. be there'd Murder. be a giant hand coming up from underneath the ground and grabbing them and grappling them. Hey. But it's a commoner and that nine damage would kill a guy. You're well aware you're mur you're killing him for stealing. Yeah, it's not it's not I would ask I would ask the god if I could just restrain him and not do damage. Magic okay. don't work that way. Yeah. You don't... I, that sounds like a boon. Yeah, but, like, if your options are let the petty thief go or kill him, you'd most likely let him go. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't be happy that he tried to steal from me. I'd hunt him down. Sure. And then kill him and then and his family. <laughs> sure, like, you'll report him and get him arrested and stuff, but it comes down to, like, killing is the last option. Okay. What about the rest of you guys? Same deal. Only kill when necessary. Okay. Nick? Inferior enjoys... Mm. You can go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, she enjoys fighting because she's good at it and it makes her feel powerful. Um, but she doesn't like killing. She also doesn't really see the big deal in... Uh, like, people saying, like, people with a moral compass would say, don't just bash him over the head. But she's like, well, I'm not killing him. He'll recover. So why not bash him over the head kind of thing? She doesn't really, she, that just doesn't really compute for her. But did okay. he die? What? So it's like, like, I understand killing is wrong, but, you know, people get hurt. Like, what, exactly. what do you want from me? I'm not perfect. Exactly. It's like, okay. you, you should learn to block it better next time. Gotcha. It's a little and bit the like way that she was trained. Protagonist better than any of all of than any of us. Yeah. Wait, what? 
The flawed yeah, protagonist. The flawed <laughs> protagonist. Thanks. I'm enjoying myself. And I'm very all right. happy with what I'm hearing for all the characters. Alright, superhero. Superman. Oh, if someone steals from me, I'm probably just gonna break their hands. They, they, they can't steal Your anymore. options are leave it alone or kill them. Well, there's a the middle ground. And I figured I mean, out what I would do. I would just I cast cautious alone. hideous laughter and make him fall down. hands and letting him live another day. And okay. now he can't steal anymore. Okay. We so are comes... vengeful. So in conclusion, we are all vengeful God on okay, these okay. silly, puny, mortal commoners. Bow <laughs> down, you stupid 4 HP fuck. So well... like... So, like, we're on the road, some dudes pop out of the woods, they go, drop all your money or you won't get hurt. Uh, I, I am down for fireballing them, uh, but it I'll sounds dare. like a lot of the other group is like, hold on a second, they're just trying to steal from us, we don't need to kill them, let's yeah. knock them out and arrest them. I mean, they just threatened to hurt us. How, do, how dare they steal from us? In, in that specific scenario, it's really more like, let's just restrain right, them on. and take them to the nearest let's... town. Okay. In that scenario, I'm not. I'm not going to initiate the fight. Yeah, it sounds, it might... sounds like a lot of the time we're going for non-lethal. Yeah, Inferior might be more inclined to just like take justice in beating him up and then just like leave him and be like he should have learned his lesson not to do. Okay, so when yeah. it, when it comes to, you know, people, we're gonna go for non-lethal oh, most of the time. We're not yeah, out. If it's like if it's yeah. like a monster or something like you know that we know is just like. A vagrant thing in the world and just like kills people at random because it's kill wild. It. We'll kill it. Yeah. But if his band is like, hey, give us all your money and we're going to beat you up, I'm like, isn't bring here. it. Nix isn't out here like being all blood lustful or anything. If she can go for non lethal and handle it later, she'll, she'd prefer to do that unless she has reason to otherwise. Yeah. Inferia almost really enjoys when people try to like steal from her or something and she gets to beat them up because it's almost <laughs> like a ha, I dare you to try. Is it therapeutic for her? I wouldn't say therapeutic. It's more like somebody thinks they can get one over on her, and she proves them wrong. Okay. It's like self-empowering, I guess. So we've got we've got more on the goody two-shoes side of things going into conflicts. It's um, like winning a game of hide-and-seek. Yeah, dealing with people. Dealing with people. Yeah. I come across like a, a troll. Yeah, I but start, like... They're we... getting firebolted. Yeah, like, we've already established that the monsters in the world, it's very black and white, like, they're bad. So it's, yeah. it's not going to be in a situation where we run into, like, a group of monsters that, you know, are terrorizing a village, and we're not going to sit there and ask them, are you terrorizing them because you're hungry and you need a new food? So it's like, no, 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 no. Might be doing that, but it doesn't really matter. The, yeah. the worldview is that it doesn't matter. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, like, that's, uh... The, the 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 times where that conversation or that you know sort of like hesitation are warranted are definitely with any of like the monstrous races that you could have played as right so like running into centaurs oh, yeah. centaurs centaurs may try to kill you on site but killing them necessarily on site is not a must-have prerogative it the is definitely possible races. to have a conversation with you know the the tribe of centaurs if they're if they're charging at you and shooting at you and shit yeah they probably want to kill you or hurt you and that's you know kill them or do whatever you're gonna do uh but there are definitely situations where they're this they're not uh centaurs and like minotaurs and medusa those things they're not unicultures they're not kill on sight they're not unabashedly yeah. evil 
They have their own circumstances that they've lived through that create sort of uh, situations that can get them in conflict with the settler races. And there are groups of those people in those groups, uh, in those races or whatever, that are working towards the Titans' best interest, but that is not universal. There are humans that are working towards the Titans' best interest. There are elves, there are everyone there. So when it comes to the people you can play as, that is the gray. That is the biggest section of gray in terms of you can't call it when you see it. Yep. Now, if, if the dudes are trying to kill us, if the bandits jump out of the woods, they don't say anything, they just start shooting arrows at us. Is everybody okay with, like, we need to fucking kill these guys because they're trying to kill us? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. Let's see what Alright. Yep. I'll try my best not to kill people unless they have hurt others beyond normal means. If people jump out of the woods and start attacking, more than likely this isn't the first time they've jumped out of the woods and started attacking people. Those are bad people. They get to die. Okay, so there is a bad people deserve to die. I think of it as I'll never fire the first shot. Okay. So like if it's ever like a combat and like I get, you know, high initiative. I will hold my action until they try to attack. Once they start attacking people, they're trying to harm people beyond normal means. Unless they get that spicy surprise round on you. <laughs> my, my, view on, my view on the bad people deserve to die is it's very circumstantial. If we come across bad people and we're like right outside a village or like right outside a town that has authorities that can handle these bad people, we can let the proper authorities handle them. If we run into like a, a cult that is sacrificing people or going to like some sort of dark extreme uh we can handle it on the fucking spot so it, it's not it's not so black and white for nicks in terms of bad people deserve death yeah in theory is a little bit more along the like an eye for an eye justice and that if they attack you they were asking for it they deserve to die and it is like it's not a big deal kind of thing yeah is that a problem with nick or peter no. Nope. All right. Good yeah. shit. Hmm. Now, the other aspects of character creation that I have for my checklist, uh, we sort of talked about over the course of many weeks building up to this. Uh, but just to sort of reiterate, you guys, you know, you know what we're playing. Um, you know, the classes and races that were allowed, which is all the stuff like in the PHB and then uh, specific rules in terms of like subclasses uh, based on Epic Path. Um, you know, we're starting at level three, looking to go from three to 20 uh, the guiding, the guidelines and pace of leveling. We're looking at a normal path of leveling using XP. Um, you have your attributes, which is a customized array, pretty spicy array. If I do say so myself, getting a nice 17 in there, uh, nice and early. Very spicy. <laughs> spicy. Uh, Peter, what was the array? Ow. That hurts. Uh, the array, I got you it. You had it written down. You had it written down. 17. Yeah, exactly. 17, 14, 13, 12, 9. 12, 9. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you, man. Are you happy? Are you happy, Brendan? Does that make your dick so big? Yeah, I get, I get the yell. I got the yell, deck. <laughs> um... In terms of starting wealth, I know, I think some people asked about this and I sort of gave sort of like answers. So the way uh, that we're going to do the uh, starting wealth, since we have time, we can do it 
after this stuff but for the actual session one um the way you're gonna do your starting wealth is you can take what you want from your class's starting equipment take what you want from your class's starting equipment and then roll for gold so do i get a roll? i have to add gold back now is what that means <laughs> correct so have fun with that but <laughs> something you can do later but that is the way your starting wealth and gear is going to work so you take what you start what you want from your basic starting gear and then roll for gold for your class and get anything else you need um i think we've done a pretty good job talking about the character backgrounds in terms of like uh background background um you know you're still using the backgrounds from the phb like urchin and uh scholar and all that kind of stuff to get your extra skills and your features uh from that so like you know be sure to check and see what your background you know would fit for your character uh you can of course still customize it always allow that so you just take whatever feature you want like if you want the feature from urchin but you like you know want to be skilled in like perception and survival that's fine you know uh you can just you can follow the customization rules in the php for customizing your backgrounds uh, please try to select the feature from, you know, Watsi materials. Uh, that feels like we everyone has pretty good character concepts. Uh, that'll be polished out over time. Why was that so loud? What the fuck? Oh, weird. Pretty good oh, coverage on the party roles in and out of combat. Uh, player roles seem to be pretty good as well. Uh, for for true specificity though, are you planning on handling the quartermaster style logistics, Brendan? Since you said you were talking, about probably. Uh, yes. Not letting that go on now again. Yeah, I'll I'll do that. Why not? Because she already does it for two games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I will. I'll write stuff down and get gear and shit and distribute stuff. And do math. God, I feel bad. Does anyone have stuff to do tomorrow? Is anyone busy besides Mel? <laughs> uh, I am very go busy. We might go be doing downtime. And I gotta go to, uh, my house inspection at 345. So Otherwise, just, I have the day off. I'm worried about time is all, so I'm just making sure everyone's still good. I know some people are like further back than, than us. Uh, I gotta work <laughs> tomorrow, so I can stay up. Um... Because like now we're just now getting to all the rules. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we're going to have time for the dungeon tonight. But. So do we want to go through all the rules and then maybe come back uh, next Sunday to do the Session Zero encounter? I know Cole's looking to be pretty busy these next couple weekends with all the stuff she, they've got. Going. Yeah. Here, let me look at my calendar for next Dungeon is four encounters, so that's pretty. You were cutting out towards the end there. I heard it was four encounters. Yeah, I heard something encounters. Yeah, four. The dungeon is four encounters. And I spared no expense in terms of narrative framing because it's me. I might be able to do next Sunday. The 26th. Yeah. Hey. I might have to come late. But not by too much. How much more time do you think you have to... 
tonight I'm I'm good. I don't have anything else tonight. Other than like homework, but it's only six thirty here, so I have I have oh. time. Right. In the next four hours of your life. Alright, cool. So <laughs> Yeah, she's on that past time stuff. She's not in evil time, she's not in the correct time, she's in that past time stuff. Living in the past. Don't tell me yet, because it hasn't happened here. No. <laughs> okay. Spoilers. Uh, we might see about trying to do the dungeon. If we, if it gets too late, we might just pause it and stitch them together using some editing. All right, so looking at uh, the rules, all the rules, 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 rules. So let's first, let's talk about the, the side of rules. Talking yeah, about fix the, your microphone again. It's fading in and out yeah. once again. I think maybe you're a little bit far from no. it or something. Maybe you're picking. I think maybe good. I turned the gain to the. Okay, how's that? There you go. That's much better. My bad. My bad. All right. So yeah, let's talk about the easy side of rules, which is the stuff that has already been like written down, and is uh available in the reference guide. Now I know Nicole, like you're you just you're just being brought up to speed. There's a lot of PDFs I threw at you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know. Uh, you know, and I don't expect everyone to, to memorize everything. That's why I put the reference guide in the, uh, in the game itself. Um, I know some of the biggest parts, uh, we were talking about was like inventory space with the slot, uh, slot based inventory. Um, that is the inventory system that I would like to use. I do have a weight based alternative, but it is more or less in the same vein in terms of, uh, restrictiveness so like so let, let's what do you what do you got in terms of the stuff that you know already in terms of rules that we can hash out and figure out what we need to adjust <clears throat> mostly this is directed to mostly i guess brendan and and john well you uh, gave me a donkey and you said my donkey's not getting killed because he walked across the street so <laughs> what is the rule of when you are over encumbered because i couldn't find because there's no, like, over-encumbered and then above weight. You are just literally above weight. So it makes it so, like, you can't drag or move people because as soon as you grapple someone, you are way over your limit and there's no moving them. Because you're, if, you, if you're going by normal rules, if you're above your maximum, you just can't move. Got you. So it's just uh, addressing like moving things that like you are grappling. Um, it's or sort just of... like stuff being heavy, like just can't pick up a barrel and be encumbered. You're just you pick up a barrel and you just can't move anymore because you're just over your limit. Because there's no half point of encumbered and then you know higher point of you're just fucked because you're carrying way too much. Yeah, I think there is a specific encumbered uh, rule. Give me one second. It's the only PDF I did not have open, which is crazy to me. Oh. I know, right? How do I, how do I put stuff on my donkey? Oh, uh, so what I did, John, for that on the character sheet, I made my riding horse categorized as under type. I put them as a vehicle, and then I wrote down the slots they were supposed to have, and then I clicked... Uh, well, in order, I click the container checkbox. So then you have the option to say so what kind of con container. Yeah. Okay, vehicle. And then you put how many and slots they have. And donkey. then 
I organize okay. and then I organize my items to be underneath them. And for every item that is underneath them, uh, I click uh, use as a reference or no, not resource. Uh, you unclick equipped is what I did. So make sure equipped is not check marked because it is not on your person. And that way I can see what all of my various things have. So how do I put stuff under that? So at the very bottom under modify, if you click modify, it gives you that uh, that appearance where you have the little buttons to either delete or to drag them. Yeah. So you can just simply drag them underneath your horse. Or your dog. Oh, okay. And it's just for it's just for visual organization. You still have to go in and manually un uh, uncheck equipped. So we can we can go over any uh, any other aspects of that more in detail. Oh, so as fact, long as it's under. Yeah. But in terms of uh, in terms of encumbrance, right? If you find yourself carrying more than your inventory capacity allows, uh, you're encumbered, so you have disadvantage on all rolls. Your speed is halved, and you gain hunger, thirst, and fatigue at twice the rate. And that's if you're carrying uh, more than your inventory capacity. But up to what maximum? Um. I would say... Because, like, normal rules is carry capacity is strength times 15. You can push or drag stuff 30 times your strength. But, like, if I'm carrying 18 slots right now, I'm at half speed. But at what point can I just not carry anymore? Can I carry 20? Can I carry 30? And still just be at half speed? Because I think here it's... Because it says what here? It says medium... Yeah. Because, like, if I grapple somebody and try to move them, no matter what, I'm going to be encumbered. I'm going to be moving at half speed, but can I move anybody that's medium? Like, even if grappling a dude, they're wearing heavy armor, and they're, like, 20 uh, slots. What's it called again? Yeah, slots. Slots, yeah. okay, if, so if they weigh 20 slots, can I still move them even though I'm basically carrying now like 40 slots, which is over twice my encumbrance? I think for the purposes of push, drag, and lift, I think you're still using uh, weight. And then in terms of what it is you can actually carry on your person, like in bags or on your physical frame, as opposed to dragging someone on the ground, or if you were to just put a whole ass person on your back, like a like a, uh, a fireman carry or something like that, that is a different thing than just needing to drag someone you have grappled. Uh, and I think is treated differently because there's nothing specifically for having someone grappled. And that is not addressed uh, in regards to inventory slots. So I believe you would adjudicate it with your normal strength. We can uh, bring up the alternative weight chart and keep everything underneath weight. If that's what we want to go with, then I can present that. That will definitely answer that question very handedly. Okay. Is there, do we want to just home or stick in a maximum slot? Or you just like can't fucking carry any more than this? Because, like, normal rules, it is. You can carry 15. Anything over that, you can't carry that. Variant rules is you can carry up to 5, you become encumbered. You can carry up to 10, you're heavily encumbered. 15, you can't carry any more than that. 
But right now we are just at like, you can carry 10 times. And then there's a debuff after that, but there's no maximum. So like for me, if I can carry 17 slots, how many can I actually carry? I gotcha, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, like if I, if one of our heavy or tough boys does want to pick up my unconscious body and stick it on the shoulder, are they encumbered or they, can they just literally not move? Like, can they literally just not lift me? Because lifting me would be like them picking up 13 slots. Even more than that, it would be 19 slots because I think a medium creature is six slots. I posted my, my weight-based alternative in the, uh, the hot cast chat. Light, medium, heavy. Oh, that's armor. No, that's load. Hmm. What are these numbers? Which ones? The six and the three. That's the amount of time you can carry them before you gain a level of exhaustion. Oh. Let's see. So you're looking at for uh, a strength of 10, uh, you can carry 33 pounds worth of stuff on your person all day, every day, 24-7, and then up to uh, 67 pounds uh, all day, every day, all you want. It's just if you go over uh, 67 pounds, then you start to suffer uh, the penalties listed. 67 pounds is more than people in the armed forces are marching with on average. Are they still... That's just straight up weight. So, light, medium, heavy. What are the debuffs on the light, medium, and heavy? Speed decreased by 10 feet. Uh, you only had plus three to your AC for dex based AC, and then you're getting disadvantage on strength, dex, and con checks. Uh, and then heavy is the same thing, an additional 10 feet. Uh, disadvantage on ability checks, attack rolls, and saving throws using the physical stats. And the max bonus you can add from dex to your AC is plus one. So if you're like, what do our strong boys have? So you can be lightly encumbered, it doesn't do anything. So if you have 10 strength, you can get you can carry 66 pounds and yep. not have any detriment. Okay, you have 67. You can carry 67 pounds for six hours. Oh, hours. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because you would suffer a level of soft exhaustion. So just you just suffer a level of uh, of exhaustion when you carry physical uh, carry physical activity such as walking for a number of hours in the time column without taking a short rest. So any exhaustion you get from being encumbered, like if you needed to carry somebody for a couple hours or something and you got exhausted and you got the exhaustion from that, you would clear that exhaustion from a short rest, not a long. So when you need to carry your unconscious body back up the mountain or whatever, then they could do that and take a quick breather and get themselves back in fighting shape. Okay. 
this is a little bit more lenient than normal variant encumbrance. Yeah, the actual variance in the PHB. Yeah, it's actually yeah, a little it bit more actually, lenient. Yeah, because the actual variance in the PHB does not scale appropriately with strength increases. So, like, you can be strong and then still be weak as fuck. <laughs> so, that is my uh, proposed alternative for dealing with being... This is like... No muscles. Oh, yeah, you're, like, twice as strong with this. Yeah, this is definitely... These are some weird extremes, Jordan. <laughs> you you went from like barely being able to carry anything to carrying way more than normal rules. Well, you can't carry more than you can in like normal rules. Yeah, like a 20 strength dude in normal rules can carry like 200 pounds and this they can carry 533 pounds. In terms of their maximum? Yeah. Yeah, I think at that point you can't you can't move, right? Yeah, you can't exceed your your maximum capacity. Yeah. And up like twenty times five is a hundred. So like normal variant ru rules, if you have twenty strength, you can carry a hundred pounds without being encumbered. And this you can carry two hundred and sixty six. So if if your intent is to make carrying worse than normal, this is way more lenient. <laughs> this will let us carry a lot more than normal. Normal variant rules, rather. Uh, if you're, it's for maximum, it's still higher than normal rules. Normal non-variant rules, it's a little bit more uh, detrimental, but not by a ton. Because normal rules is just you can carry 15 times your strength, and there's no encumbrance. You just that's just how much you can carry. And that's what we normally use is 15 times your strength, right? Which is yeah. 15 times 20 is what? 300. Yeah. Oh, I said 200 before, but still. But like, still, this, you could still carry 300 or 266 without being encumbered versus 300 maximum. Well, the, the realism, the realism uh, I guess, that I'm looking for in this is that if you are weak, you can't carry a lot. Like yeah, me. That's why I got a horse. My non-strength. So then, what are we looking at for the for the average Joes, for you, like, strength dumpers? Uh, like, it's certainly... Pounds. It's more detrimental for comparing against normal variant rules it's actually more lenient for the player it's obviously more strike compared to normal no encumbrance rules because like the maximum is like slightly lower on the low end it ramps up faster it looks like because like the difference between 8 strength and 14 strength is huge Like almost, you're you're more than doubling in terms of your medium encumbrance. Yeah, but like like normal variant rules, me with my eight strength, I would usually be able to carry forty pounds without being encumbered. In this rules, I can carry fifty-two. So I can actually carry more in this system compared to the variant system. 
But the the key component is the fact that the variant rule for encumbrance uh, doesn't actually like scale appropriately. Uh, so I believe this is supposed to be more lenient uh, to a point, but then have a, a more realistic side effect of what encumbrance looks like. Um, For this, this is definitely not realistic. This is heroic. If you're a strong dude, you can carry a fucking mountain. Variance rules is, even if you're really strong, you still can't carry a ton without being encumbered. Because again, a 20 strength dude in this system can carry like twice as much as a dude in variance. Gotcha. Like, I like this weight thing more than slot, because it means we can carry more shit. Uh, but if the intent is to for us to not carry more shit, this weight system doesn't particularly do it. It actually lets us carry a lot more than we usually would. Yeah, because it lets you, on the weaker end of things, carry more than the variant would, but then variant also makes it so the strong people can't carry as much either. Yeah, it, it doesn't scale as fast. So in this, it's somewhat comparable to variant system at lower strengths, like 10, like the middling fucking you are not strength person. And then at big strength numbers, you can carry the world. At 20 strength, you can carry 266 pounds without being encumbered. Which, for even normal system, that's like 30 pounds short of just not being able to carry anymore, period. And normal variant system, you are way over encumbered. You are heavily that's, encumbered. That's assuming, that of course, that you're not wearing anything yourself, right? So then, like, being able to pick up something that's 267 pounds and carry it around is assuming, of course, you're not weighing yourself down with anything on your own, right? Because your armor is still very heavy. All the shit you're normally carrying is very heavy. So all of that's going to detract from how much you can actually, actually carry. Because you're gonna if you pick somebody up, you're going to be picking them up, plus all the shit they're carrying. So, like, if you weigh 150 pounds and you have 40 pounds of gear on you, plus everything they're already wearing, you're not going to actually be able to pick them up. Sure. I mean, it's the same in both systems. Okay. No, I got you. I got you. Like, um, armor, armor doesn't weigh nothing in normal rules. It still weighs as much as it weighs, even if you're wearing it. Okay, I um, for for what I'm looking at in terms of like the the numbers and my understanding of like what it is people can do in these uh average person situations, uh, I like the numbers as they're presented. Uh, so I think I'm fairly certain I want to go with the realistic encumbrance if in terms of player uh ease you'd rather have you know just 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 stick to weight all the way across the board uh and have this sort of be i guess the middle ground between super good encumbrance at 15 times strength number and and the slightly in my opinion too punishing uh variant for the strong boys um i think this is a a decent middle ground uh i mean if you think the variant system is too strict on strength boys, the variant slot system is a lot worse for them. 
Like, they can barely carry shit. Because wearing armor reduces their slots by, like, six. Mm -hmm. Like, they can carry less stuff than I can with my eight strength just because they're wearing armor. Like, anyone wearing armor is fucked when it comes to carrying stuff. Like, it, it goes basically the scale is... Carry the most, this variant weight system. Carry the second most, normal, no encumbrance system. Third most, variant system in D&D 5th edition. Carry the least, the slot system. Like, the slot system is, you cannot fucking carry very much. You will never be able to carry all that much. You can't pick up ten torches. You just can't. Bundle of sticks, it's beyond you. <laughs> it just doesn't work. Got you. Alright. Like uh, you're big, burly, 20-strike man. You pick up firewood. And who are you having a hard time with it? Ten logs is a lot, okay? <laughs> you're like yeah. Herculean strength boy. Compared to the realistic encumbrance for numbers, you could carry a fucking cart <laughs> and be like, I'm good! I got this! <laughs> it is night and day. It's weird if these came from, like, the same document. They did not. Uh, okay, <laughs> I was like, yeah, because they, uh, they, they don't line they up. Did. Yeah, they did come from a document that is uh, called, titled Grit and Glory. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay, so with that in mind, then, what I, okay, so what I want to go with, then, because uh, I looked, I mean, I looked at these numbers, and I was like, all right, I like what I'm seeing in terms of what it is people around these strength numbers can carry. Uh, so that is what we'll go with, then, uh, so you can adjust inventories appropriately. So, so we're going with this. this with this realistic encumbrance thing? Correct. With the poundage. Okay. Yes. I can carry a whole lot more now. So then you don't have. So you can still use the containers and stuff, Mel, because I know you really like them and stuff. But you do need to go into the options on your character sheet and switch off of uh, slots and switch to weight. And please, you know, over the course of this time that we have before the session one, go through and actually like log the weight of the shit you're carrying and carry it appropriately. We just click the inventory slots. Yeah. Okay, and then it automatically goes to weight. It it should switch to weight. The weight uh the weight calculation will be correct, but the number that is your max will not because it's going to be, I think, lower uh, than the realistic encumbrance. How do you minus? <laughs> Depends on who you are. Yeah. Mine shows minus higher. So, okay, so what I got to do is I already changed it to weight, so I have to go back through and make sure the weight that my items are displaying is the weight that they actually are. Yeah, using okay. the normal PHB references. Cool. PHB references. How do you turn off the uh, slots? So you go under options, and it's at the very, very, very bottom left. It's gift lists and darker dungeons, and then you uncheck works. slots. Oh, gotcha. Question about that? What's up? How much does an explorer's pack weigh? Uh, I want to 
want to say like 50 40 something really because yeah, then i can't have one <laughs> yeah using various encumbrance if you start with all the gear they give you at the start you will be encumbered you will probably have to throw some shit out cool beans yeah that's I had to do the same thing. That's why I bought a horse. Yeah, like, the, the normal encumbrance rules for variants is the idea of, like, if you're carrying your backpack around, you can't really fight with your backpack on, yeah. which means that usually you're dropping your shit at the start of combat, so you can actually function. Yeah. Explorer's pack is 59 pounds. Fine. Then I'm going to ditch something. Yeah, because it has like oh, 10 days worth of rations and fucking 10 torches and a whole bunch of other shit. Yeah. yeah you can divvy that up how you need to, take the things out you don't want, uh, all that stuff. But we want to keep it moving uh, between, between rules conversations. We can definitely help each other out with that uh, after the fact. Um, so I will update the reference guide as we make changes, uh, or after we make the changes we need to make. So like the I'll get rid of the inventory space stuff uh, after the session zero. Um, there is one problem with this. What's that? Uh, it's not going to automatically track for medium heavy encumbrance. It's just going to give you your maximum. So everybody's just got to be aware of what your break off points are. Yeah, I would notate that down in your other items, yeah. since that's directly underneath it. Notate what your your medium and your uh, your break off points are exactly. But, yeah. Max. So what do those mean? Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, wait. I see it on the other side. I see it yeah, on, the side. on the right. So I can only carry 60 total pounds. So I got to get rid of some stuff from Explorer's pack. 60 total pounds? Yep. Because that's... No. I can only carry 30 pounds. How much strength do you have? Nine. Nine. You can carry 59 pounds, because being lightly encumbered doesn't do anything. There's yeah, no negative effect. Here, it says right here, light carry capacity is 30 pounds. Yeah, but you can be lightly encumbered and it doesn't do anything. There's no negative oh, so effect. Oh, 59 is my... Yeah. Yeah, the total weight of your gear exceeds the uh, the medium or, he or heavy load values. Okay. Yeah, like light, light might come into play of like... I don't know. If Jordan wants to come up with something of like anybody that's lightly encumbered, this thing happens to you. It could be a, a very stressful, uh, uncomfortable situation that results in something like that. Yeah. Um. All right. So moving, keeping it moving. Uh, I don't think anyone has any issues with like the slightly changed dying condition, uh, allowing for. A bit of speech and the the changes to your consciousness. Um, I'm just going to unequip that all. Uh, I don't know if I've read that part yet. Yeah. So when you're dying, you drop whatever you're holding, fall prone. You can't move, take any actions, or use reactions. 
and you are aware of what's happening 15 feet around you. Uh, you can speak a maximum of two words per round, and then uh, attack rolls against you have advantage like they normally do. Uh, you automatically fail strength and deck saving throws, uh, and you still make your death saves at the start of your turns. Cool, 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 cool. But it just allows sure. you to just be like, <coughs> go now, that sort of thing. Is yeah. What you can do. As opposed to just being oh. unconscious. <laughs> so 14. My donkey's cutoff point is 116 pounds. I don't like that they don't use the Oxford comma. Uh, right? Motherfucker. They don't or they do use the Oxford comma? They don't. Ah, yeah. Use the Oxford. It should be, it should be 1.5 times for your donkey to get as a quadruped. Oh, it's 1.5, so shit, so then that's... I can calculate. Um... Doo -doo -doo -doo. So that's inventory. Uh, da -da -da. So his cutoff is 174. I'm, I'm gonna think about the armor expertise uh, aspect. Whether or not I'm going to, uh, to keep that, but that'll be decided based on my my changes to the reference guide uh with everything else being pulled out i may decide to leave it in as a benefit of having medium or heavy armor uh i just need to think about it the mythic inspiration i'm sure is fine um looking at resting uh, we're doing 15 minute short rests um, in terms of house rules and stuff like that um, we're cutting out a lot of the uh, like travel activity stuff um, or at least some of it anyway for, for like long resting um, but in terms of short resting you can still do the thing oh, I accidentally hit this uh, let me make sure there's nothing in here that... Yeah, so adjust inventory slots isn't a thing. So let me cut that out. So we're still looking at this for taking a short rest. Which is basically uh, the standard rules, except that your, uh, your short rest is only 15 minutes. Um, you know, you're still spinning hit dice, but in order to recover hit dice in those situations, if you have the bloodied condition, so you've lost more than half your hit points, uh, you need to use first aid or like um, the medical supplies, the healing kit is uh, what it's called, to spin hit dice. Uh, no. You do not need to make a medicine check. You just need to expend uses of it if you are bloodied when you're taking a short rest. You can do it to yourself, someone can do it to you. Doesn't really matter. But that is the way that that shakes out. Slightly more lenient than the old rule I was doing a while back where you just needed to use one regardless whenever you took a short rest. <laughs> it's a bit too much. Uh, and oh, that's then, why it's called Healer's Kit. Yeah, Healer's Kit. 
Um, survival conditions are still in play in terms of dealing with hunger and thirst. It's going to be a lot easier with the amount of weight you guys can carry in terms of carting around rations and water and stuff, but those are things that are still uh, going to be tracked and cared about uh, unless the situation decides that you don't need to care about it. So um, in terms of basic overland travel, starting out the game, that is a thing that needs to be tracked. Uh, that may change. It may not. We shall see as play happens. Um, but you'll be eating when you take your uh, sort of half day break as you're traveling over, over land. And uh, the expectation is to also consume some food and water uh, when you're resting. So you'll have to just sort of plan accordingly. You won't need to do as much um, day by day tracking in the sense of, all right, you guys need to go look for a campsite, go find a campsite. Let's do all these roles, yada, 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 yada. Because uh, there's a lot of expression of like, that'll get really repetitive really quickly as we travel for multiple days uh, was the feedback I was getting. Uh, so the adjustment is going to be um, more so it's about the planning at the beginning of setting out with enough, which you'll come into play for logistics persons, uh, Brendan. Uh, so you're going to be sort of thinking about that, making sure everybody has enough stuff to go however far you're supposed to be going. And then <clears throat> you're expected to deduct the total for that uh, that I'll give you so it'll be like alright you guys travel for 7 days so go ahead and knock out X amount of rations and X amount of water um, for that 7 days of travel you know what did you guys talk about that we can go into RP and all that kind of stuff and we can make campsites as they are needed for uh, those sort of situations especially like traveling in like uh, much more hostile Territories, much more wildernessy areas, uh, looking for campsites and things like that can be uh, more prevalent. So it is. It is definitely a sort of uh, the travel rules have been pared down in terms of your necessity to interact with them constantly, uh, and it is something that will come up when it is needed. Um, in terms of staving off consumption of resources i know mel was planning on doing like some hunting and stuff like that and then it sounds like we're also getting a ranger so those guys will be able to control uh, or do you hunt <laughs> ranger <laughs> Did i make you I, um, flesh <laughs> i actually my background my background feature is that i can provide five people with uh five other people with rations and water each day depend uh if the land offers very small games, water and so forth. So that, that as long as we're not in the fucking desert. That as long as we're background not feature in has changed. Oh really? Yes. I thought it was yeah, like a Haha XD. You I get thought... nothing. Everyone dies. So hang on. I thought it was in addition. I mean I, I guess we're good berry, yeah. Because uh, that's the uh that's the wanderer feature, right? Yeah. Yeah. As I yeah. understood it in the the new rule set, uh, I read it as we added on that second paragraph that I copy pasted in that you have advantage on survival checks to guide, navigate, or forage in a favored terrain. Choose one of the following between Arctic coast, desert, forest, grassland, mountain, swamp, and underdark. No, that is just the way it works. That is oh, what it that gives is, you. That is it. Okay. Yeah, you have advantage on survival checks to guide, navigate, or forage in your favored terrain. It does not auto solve okay, cool. feeding people. 
Brilliant. I do have Goodberry though, so. <laughs> that also got also because because John got Wait, mad about really? that, so I remember oh that. Okay. John got really mad. Get more times too. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get mad about it. It was like I had to completely change my class because I could get Goodberry for free, or I could cast it at yeah, will or something. Something among the lines of, oh, I have to go change my entire class now. Yep. Because now Goodberry is worthless. Because I think Goodberry, you can only you can only take the effect of it once per day or something. Or the healing only once per day. Oh no, now I can't feed people like nine of them. Well, yeah, I thought it was just one. I'm confused now. Yeah, give me one moment. I'll be able to answer the question. Okay. So. Thank you. Um, Goodberry heals one HP like it always did, and it heals one uh degree of hunger so if you look on your character sheet you can see the different degrees of like what your survival conditions are and it heals one of them when eaten as a magical consumable a creature can only gain that benefit once per day yeah okay that's what i was expecting yeah so when you cast goodberry even though you get 10 you can only use one two six three four five six you can also feed your animals with them. They're hungry too, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but you said they'll there just eat go. the ground. Animals eat grass. Yeah. Animals if there's grass. Animals can eat air. <laughs> yeah. You know, your horses and stuff are going to be hard pressed if like you're in the mountains. They're not, you know, they're not billy goats that can hop around between different things looking for the grass. They're just going to be standing there yeah. hoping you come back with hay one day. So how... How many hunger things do we lose a day? It's a really good question. So the way that the survival conditions work, right, over time throughout the day, do, 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 exploration, is you're looking at, do, 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 depending on the time of day, right? At the beginning of the day, um, you are going to, do, 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 Progress your hunger and thirst at dawn down one uh, and your fatigue at noon and then at the end of the day, uh, hunger, thirst, and fatigue. So what do those mean? So. Yeah. So even with a good berry, you can only get to peckish by the end of the day. So you lose two of these each day. Yeah, characters gain hunger, thirst, and fatigue in four primary ways. Uh, through the passage of time, um, through failure consequences while you're doing like uh, like survival challenges and stuff like that, which will come up incidentally, uh, and then during very specific kinds of monster attacks. Um, so on a normal, uneventful day... Attacks. Yeah, certain ones can do that. Uh, on a normal, uneventful day, a character will gain two hunger, two thirst, and two fatigue, which means you need two uh, rations of food, two rations of water, and a good night's sleep each day to stay in good form. So that would be the baseline of what, like, uh, Sophia would be tracking of, like, all right, that means we need, you know, what, 12 rations per day uh, to feed the entire party, and 12 rations of water per day to feed the entire party. So then you multiply that by how far you're traveling, what your you know estimated resources are, and then you can have your foraging people cut into that via, uh, you know, the foraging rules. So that I how have many rations of water in a water skin? Do, 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 do. 
I want to say five. Are we using that system? But a set of rations is only one. Right? So ten rations is only good for five days. Ten rations is good for five days, correct? I will go and buy a hundred rations. I remember, rations real heavy. No, they're not. The Two pounds piece. I thought the first five were free. Are we using that system still? No. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, rations are real heavy. If we are, if we are going anywhere, we need to have something else carry our food. Donkey. What's the? Wait, never mind. Or do we want to like half the weight of rations? Because usually a ration is a day's worth of food. Uh, we double check something. So if I buy twenty rations, it's two pounds each. Twenty rations is ten gold pieces. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, so breakfast should be, yeah, breakfast should be half a ration and the midday break after you've traveled for a while is the other half of the ration. Correct. My bad. So okay. 10 rations, 10 days. Okay. And a water scan we're going cool. with is five rations worth of water. Uh, what's the standard? Does the, does the water skin give a standard size of how much it actually carries in terms of volume? Cause yes. I have a, I have a volume based number for that. If we use that. Uh, it's water five pounds. Five pounds full. Whatever that is in water Fuck. weight. I go do math. Right, five pounds of water, two liters. It's not a lot. It's like it's not. Two point like two, two liters. That was like so one like gallon. So it's like a two liter soda. Yeah, two liter, and you need you're gonna need two pints of water minimum per day. I'm a dirty American and I don't know how many pints are in a liter. This is a Google question. Alright, so you're so looking at two pints two. is point nine liters. So so two uh, two liters gets you four pints. So a water skin is good for two days. Single water skin. Buy a third water skin. So a fair a fair amount of your foraging uh, can be you know looking for fresh water or fresh uh, small game stuff like that. I have rules for hunting and foraging that you know you don't need to know. It'll just be like here's you know you want to do that. I'll tell you what it is you need to do and how much you get for doing it. All that kind of stuff will be on my side of the screen. Oh yeah, it even says in the rulebook container capacity water skin four pints. God damn it. <laughs> A vial carries four ounces of liquid. So there you go. Now, now we know how much uh, potions are. Four ounces. How have I never seen this little chart before? 
I don't know. You can you can carry thirty pounds of gear in a backpack. Oh wow! A barrel carries charge. forty gallons of liquid. Wait, you guys haven't seen that before? No. Wow, you guys haven't really exploded PHP. A chest can carry three hundred pounds of gear. Yeah. That's why, that's why I, had... I wanted to get some chests for the dragon thing. And that's why I had first buy some chests when we were in Broken Ridge, so she could store, like, plant shit. Pouch can carry, like... As much as a backpack? Oh no, a pouch. Oh no, I was thinking a sack. Six pounds. Yeah, a sack is as much as a backpack. Neat! Now you know, and knowing is half the battle. It's only been years and years and years that I've never seen this fucking chart. <laughs> Okay, I got three water skins and 30 days of rations. Oh my god. What? I just saw Nyx. Oh yeah, the little doll maker thing. I fucking love doll makers, man. I had a lot of fun. Are you changing it? That looks really good. I can. If you want to. Um, yeah, it looks really nice. All right. So that more or less takes care of slots, travel for the most part. There are activities you can do while traveling, uh, like drawing maps, hunting, foraging, uh, you know, keeping watches slightly changed. It's going to fit more in line with what we normally do um, in terms of the other games, in terms of taking watches uh, and that sort of deal. Um, there's going to be uh, a floor for keeping watch. But like I said, we'll deal with those things uh, as they come up and it's not something you have to rack your brain with reading. Um, <clears throat> Something nice that you will be able to do, uh, smart girl, uh, is you will be able to, during uh, proper long rest, like at camp and stuff, you will be able to uh, utilize Arcana to identify magic items instead of just having to use the identify spell. And that also means other people can do it if they are good enough at Arcana and don't have identify. I have a set of DCs depending on the rarity of the item. Um, all that kind of stuff uh, but yeah we'll we'll cover that sort of stuff a bit more uh, my healer's kit uh, there is oh yeah I bought two healer's kits so we should buy healer's kits that is a canonically thing to yes do. you need you them if to. you are bloody to heal yourself in short rest oh boy so if you're hurt you need alright I'll just wait for my uh, what was it called my second win Fine. You don't want to carry bandages? I thought you were a soldier. Uh, I am. Just just making a joke. I don't yeah. need to be bloody. If I'm bloodied, I'll just second win. <laughs> and I stop being bloodied. Yeah, you just catch your breath and suddenly you're not bleeding. That's how that works. Five gold. Yeah, I, I ignore the pain. Correct. And that's how it's going to be. Push forward. Okay. As a resource. Yeah. Where's the I forget. What did we? Sorry. What did we establish for how many days of water skin? 
does rations, two days. water rations for? Two days. Yeah, and then the animal, your animal's ability to feed themselves will be based off of the, uh, the same table of the, as the hunt and forage table. Uh, so they'll be able to try to find food for themselves. But just in difficult places, it might be difficult, that's all. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay. Give him a good berry. Yeah, that definitely will work. Uh, Halfly. Because in four days, they're dead. Oof. Oh, there it is. Yours kid's got ten charges, right? Yep. Yes, sir. Oh, and I would not, uh, I forgot, that was, uh, something as a part of the, uh, the travel rules that I'm having on my side of the screen. Um, in terms of rations, uh, they last for ten days. So buy them appropriately. So buy a hundred on that fact. Oh, I do. You know, those have a lot so for us. Rations have an expiration date, and that's ten days. Correct. Uh, My character's uh, getting dumber. Uh, 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 I just, I don't know. I, for some reason, I'm just forgetting all math, Well, This is why that? I'm the quartermaster in every fucking game, <laughs> <laughs> No, that, never mind. You can delegate it. Alright, so I fine. hope we don't ever have to travel for more than a day, so. Yeah, otherwise we're dead. I mean, I guess we have scavengers, but I don't know how much that will help, yeah. if that'll... See, and that's, here's the weird fucking thing, is you that... You have to travel 15 I days, you just die! Like, but that's what that... Here's the funny thing, is that as much as like, hey, yeah, let's give this role to somebody else, I feel like if I'm contributing to the food and water supply, I'm going to track that anyways. Mode. Because we're the ones that are gathering them, so it's like, alright. You, you can only benefit from good berry once per day. Not a person's good berry, just good berry as a whole. Yes, the yeah. magic of good berry. I want a big good berry. Just make it just one big... Because even, even with good berry, even with good berry... We're we're we we're stable for the day, right? No, because we no. Well, we lose two hunger a day. A ration only gives you back one hunger. Uh, Is that right? I thought it was like you gain a hunger at breakfast if you don't eat half a ration. And at the end of the day, you gain one hunger if you don't eat another half a ration. So Goodberry basically removes one of those half rations. Is that right? That sounds correct, yes. Because you should be starting every day. You should be starting the day at OK. And then if you don't eat half a ration at the start of the day, you'll go to Peckish. OK. If you do, you'll be at OK. OK. That's much better, because I was thinking... Even if we eat a ration, you're still yes. losing one per day. Basically, you need two meals a day. One of them can be a good bear. Uh, and honestly, with how much caloric intake we're going to need. So the key to know is wherever we go, right? Maximum is a five-day turnaround. Yeah, we have to get there and get back in five days. 
We have, well, no, get we there get in there. five days and get back in yeah. five days. If it's anything longer than that, we just say, nope, sorry, can't do it. Saviors all, can't. All our food spoils. Unless there's places along the way that we can buy food. Or forage. I mean... Yeah, I mean, we'll... I don't, we'll I don't trust the gods of chaos. Yeah, depending on what you're able to forage, uh, I can tell you that you'll be able to harvest uh, and basically create rations by doing that, by hunting. So you'll not eat Eddie. You'll be Jesus. You'll be able to to go on hunts and get enough, uh, you know, food from your foraging to fashion rations. Also, that'll be considered fresh that you can extend your journeys with. Cool so many water skins. Wait, does water expire after five days? <laughs> the water goes bad. Water expires. Uh, let me double check the dehydration category. <laughs> I'll let you know. I've drank some month-old water. It was fine. It was in a. It was in a pouch. It, it was, was still refreshing and cool. Yeah, sure, room temperature, but you know. You can whatever. even help quench your thirst by eating raw meat and fresh plants. I do love steak. You can drink the blood of your enemies. You just have to give me a con save so you don't vomit. Alright, so uh, if we kill monsters, we start drinking their blood. Vampire campaign, baby. I'm gonna, I'm gonna drink this grass. Not grass, but like fruits, berries, edible plants, that kind of stuff. I mean, you can eat the grass. Okay, so I mean, you can drink the grass. Saves, if, like, like, if our foragers go out picking berries, are they able to discern if they're not poisonous? There's like fucking there's apples in the office that are a month old and I was about to throw them out and my dad's like, Well hold on a second! Those are still good, I still eat those. Yeah, I mean rations in this are composed of hard tack, dried and cured meats, cheeses oh, God, and dried grains. Ooh, yeah, so cheese, cheese isn't gonna. Yeah, I can't do cheese. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> that unfortunate? Guess you get to starve. I'm gonna need to swap that out for some other. Uh, I mean, jerky lasts more than ten days. Yeah, depends on how. Fresh fruit lasts more than ten days. Fresh fruit lasts more than ten days. I don't know. Maybe that's why it's called like worm something or whatever. Oh no, I don't want worms. Well, I'll bring hardtack. I need to okay. not look and see what the heck hardtack is. That covers that bit. Uh, let's see. I think consumables are pretty easy. That's just a reference guide for the stuff that you'll be finding. Um, I, don't oh, I can't remember. carry fucking three water scans. Fuck. I remember there was the conversation about identifying potions. Uh... Do, 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 do. God, if we had to do this with the slot system. <laughs> what, manage rations? Yeah, like having to carry multiple water skins and like 10 fucking rations and shit. Yeah, but a water skin was only Yikes. one. Five rations is only one. Yeah, I think, yeah, rations, rations and water skins. Rations weigh, rations weigh far more in this system than they do the other one. 
Well, you got five free, but it was still one per one. Like, no, because you're point two. So what? you could have five. You could have five rations for one slot. Oh, uh, gotcha. But in that, you weren't eating half rations with the slot system. You were not eating half rations. Mm. I'm not carrying fucking two water skins. I'm we're just not traveling three. anywhere. Well, no, I think let's I think see I'll how well that works. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I already I had already changed the identifying potions so that you weren't learning false knowledge. You just had the chance of uh, ruining it with two back-to-back -back crit fails. So that's already been that had already been adjusted. Um, drinking potions, bonus action, feeding to other people, in action. Uh, need to have free hands, that kind of stuff. Not using your item interaction as long as you already have a free hand. Uh, as it is assumed, you have the potion in a convenient as place as possible uh, for pulling it out. So it's bundled into the base action or bonus action cost. Uh, so I don't think there's any other concerns there. You have a uh, you have dark vision. Um, forgive me. I know your name. I'm trying to think of your character's name now. Inferium. Inferium. Yeah. Oh, Inferium. Inferia. Inferia. An A, not an M. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think I do. Okay, that's really easy then. So I think everyone else is familiar with the low light vision rules. 30 feet of vision, dim, as if it were bright, not seeing in darkness. Uh, it's okay, I can have torches now. You can have torches. Look at that. Make sure you have a free hand for them too. I'm a sorcerer. I can't carry anything. I'm fine. <laughs> you can have a knife, a small angry knife. I could have a, I could have a light crossbow where I wouldn't have an open hand, but I'll just use firebolt. Um, in terms of other standard house rules, we're not doing any sort of flexible casting uh, in regards to the like, up, to, up to third level or whatever. That stuff uh, is not the case. Um, do, 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 do. In terms of held spells, I believe the normal is that like if you, you have to concentrate on it and if you lose that concentration, you lose the spell slot as well. Yeah, you just lose it no matter what. Wait, we, we are doing that or we are not doing that? Uh, I think we normally don't do that. I think we normally just make it concentration. I usually don't do either. Don't okay. do either. So, okay. so, so does that third level thing not apply if I use quicken spell? It does. You, or twin yeah. spell? Twin spell, no, but quicken spell, yes. Okay. It turns it into okay. a bonus action. Okay. Yeah, so in terms of holding spells or, or readying an action, uh, readying an action to cast a spell is different than holding, because holding isn't a thing. 
yeah, holding a spell is readying to cast a spell. Because the, the raw rules are if you ready a spell, you cast the spell, and then you hold on to it to release it. And if the, the trigger never happens, the spell just goes away and the slot is lost. And you have to concentrate it during that time. Usually we just go with, you can just prepare spells. If you don't cast them, you don't cast them. Yeah, that's that's uh that's fine. That's what we'll do as well here. Continue that. Um so no concentration. You don't expend the spell when you prepare. You just you just actually prepare just like the full attackers. And then for the martial duders, you're getting your full attack on ready to attacks. Um do, 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 do. what other common house rules do we have? Drinking bonuses or potions of the bonus action. Yeah, that's in the that's in the potion rules. Let me check. Crits. Yeah, crits for maximum weapon damage. Yeah, maximum weapon dice, single. Uh, just on the base weapon. So, you crit with your sword, your long sword. You're just gonna max out your base weapon die, then roll another die. So eight plus d eight. Uh, nothing else gets maximized. Yeah. Where is uh Oh, did I delete it? Okay. You said so you just get your normal D eight roll, you get eight as the crit. Yeah. Okay, good. Because I heard I heard you get your normal damage roll, then you get your max on a crit, and then you roll another D eight. It's <laughs> like whoa what? Yeah, basically the same thing. Um, but yeah, it's easiest to just type it in eight. as Yeah, it's easiest just to type it in as your crit is eight damage. Oh, uh, level ups! You're getting your you're getting the max result for your hit dice. <gasps> oh, that was unknown. So basically, yeah, yeah. yeah whatever so you get yourself go. at first level is what you're just gonna get every level. So you can you can see what your twentieth level health total is right now, unless you okay. increase your con, I guess. Or okay. I was actually gonna ask about that. This one. is awesome. Jesus Christ, Jordan, are you making it medium easy because we got a lot of health? Or is it yes. medium easy because we have a lot of health? God, just think of that. Just think of that fucking sexy barbarian now. Yeah, it's medium easy because you have a lot of health. <laughs> uh, darts have the thrown, have the ammunition property. That's right, thrown in ammunition. Uh, so I might just copy paste my. Rules Wait, from Selim what, what do you mean by thrown heavy? Ammunition, ammunition. So you can you can draw and throw them as the same action. It doesn't take an item in action to draw. Oh, okay, okay. As if you were drawing an arrow. Yeah. Attack. Ready attacks benefit from the extra attack. Uh, cast a spell. Readied spells do not waste spell slots of the concentration to keep them readied ends. Okay, but then in Expanse, that was not how we did it. Okay, so I'm gonna use my rules then. Yeah, so in terms of readying, uh, in terms of readying spells, you are not consuming the spell slot 
if the concentration, so it does require concentration, to ready them ends. So you cannot concentrate on banish and then ready cast another uh, another spell. That okay, okay. Even if that other spell doesn't have concentration. Yes, because readying a spell will take your concentration. Okay. It will not consume the spell slot if you end your concentration or if you get hit and your concentration ends or the trigger does not go off. None of that will take the spell slot from you, but it will take your concentration. That's okay. what I had before. So no holding spells if you're concentrated on something. Makes sense. The use an object action can be used to activate the ability of a magic item so long as the ability requires an action to do so. Uh, got the healer's kit dependency. We're not doing slow natural healing. Yeah, so at the end, at the end of a uh, long rest, you will regain uh, half of your hit dice. Um, there are camp activities that you can do that will give you more hit dice, so like eating... Uh, eating fresh food, like eating freshly cooked meals and stuff like that, uh, will allow you to gain an additional fourth. So if you have a long rest and eat a hot meal, you'll regain 75% of your hit dice as opposed to 50. Mm -hmm. So it's an incentive for the hunters to go out and hunt and hopefully someone, hopefully someone can fucking cook. (laughs) Wow. Master Chef. Well, I mean, I've never had, I've never uh, picked tool proficiency from my background yet, so I guess it's just cooker's tool. Cooker's tools, take it up, soldier boy. Makes sense. Uh, well, I mean, he has cooker's tools because he woke up. That's fine. You do that. I'll just chill, have a good time, play a little. You don't get any of the food. You gotta put in the work. Oh, I'll play. So declare the person making the food. I am, uh, I'm playing the intro into the cooking show, so. All right, I think that, oh, that is like kind of sort of it besides the the big old elephant in the room. What's the dun, 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 dun. So, active defense. <laughs> hey. Mathematically, oh, it's the same. I appreciate you, Peter. Uh, the chance checks out. So, in terms of defending yourself, the way that this works, it is not like normal, where you're getting attacked and I'm rolling to hit you. You are rolling to defend yourself. is in the reference guide under active defense you're making defense rolls uh we are using the small defense variant just to keep the numbers under control uh so that way you're not adding plus 22 to your roll or some shit or i'm not adding plus 22 to the dc you need to be so it's just like rolling a saving throw except it's for attacks uh so for instance if an attacker has plus one to hit uh, the DC is 12 plus their one to hit, so a DC of 13, and you will make a defense roll of a D20 plus your AC minus 10, and that determines whether or not you got a uh, hit, just like it would if I was rolling to hit you. Um, a natural one is essentially a crit on the monster side, so that you'll if you that one you crit get crit, and if you natural 20, uh, you critically succeed, which for the 
basis, the baseline of the game doesn't mean anything uh, besides you just defended yourself stylishly, however you want to, you know, describe how you weather the blows or whatever you're, whatever you're doing. Uh, it's definitely a moment to lean into your character's flavor, uh, whatever that may be. And then there may uh, very well may be items or uh, boons or different things that take advantage of defense rolls being a player controlled thing in that like critting on them or getting bonuses to them. That sort of thing will come up uh, now that it is in your hands as opposed to mine, because I did not want to give I did, I did not like the th the mentality of rewarding the players uh, as I roll not ones to hit them. Uh, and so I wanted to put that onus back in your hands. And since it mathematically checks out, I'm fine with it. Um, I know there was some grievance about the speed of play, uh, but. Please, please pay attention in combat. Yeah, you will have to be okay. aware and on the spot and, uh, Probably just also want to announce the DC whenever you're attacking someone. Yes, that is definitely what I'm planning on doing. Uh, it's definitely like, you know, you can see the skeleton re leap forward and try to stab at you with a spear aiming for your chest. The DC is going to be 14. Defend against it. You know, yeah. Roll your DC. I died. We, we just I don't, died. Want, the, we don't died. want the situation where the DM has to go through 10 attacks on his turn and each one takes an extra 30 seconds because... Every time he attacks a new person, they have to go back and look at their character sheet real quick and click a button. It is we, my we, number We don't one want Jordan having to open up your list. character sheet for you and clicking the button. Yeah, so, yeah if you're going, if you're going to step away, just throw throw a BRB in the uh, chat so that way we know you're away. It may, it may, it's not going to like protect you from getting hit or anything like that, uh, but like it'll just like, help with like, all right, roll to defend yourself. Drink bleach. <laughs> it's like, hold on, hold on, I gotta get to my character. Yeah. Oh, I'm slightly confused. What's up? So there's two different sheets that I'm seeing for defense rolls, and that was defense and small defense. Mm -hmm. Just use small defense. And what? Just using small defense, right? Yeah, the active defense sheet uh, is like showing the whole like rules, right? Uh, but the numbers it's using, where it's adding plus twenty-two, we're not uh -huh. we're not using that. We're using the variation, which is a, sm a smaller number. So that way, the DC isn't like twenty-nine. It'll just be you know yeah. seventeen or nineteen or something like that. Okay. Okay, I think I get it. Yeah, so like in that little example of play, you know, it's like I raise my shield to block, what's the DC? The DC would only be 11 plus the orc's attack bonus of 5, so the DC would be 16, and then they'd roll a 13 plus 7 for a 20, so they defend against that attack. Okay. Um, on defense rolls, if, they, if you tie... Ty go to attacker? Like normal AC? Or if it's because it's a saving throw, a saving throw, when you, when you make it, you're safe. Yeah, if your defense roll equals or beats the DC, you successfully avoid the attack. Okay. Cool. That's why it checks out math-wise. Okay. That's why it's 
the base of 12 plus whatever it is. Uh, and then, you know, if they're attacking you with advantage, you're just rolling with disadvantage. If you, if they are attacking with disadvantage, you're just rolling with advantage. Uh, and then in terms of Mel's situation, she oh. is informed on the important rules and how that works uh, to maintain her ability to give enemy monsters low numbers. She can basically give you guys inverse numbers. So if she has uh, a portent roll of three, uh, she can give you guys the inverse value of that 21 minus three, giving you a 17 for your defense roll. So that way it doesn't take away her ability to give the three to the dragon normally. But that's more so for Mel to worry about. You are cursed by the dice gods. And we are not using that. Monsters don't make defense rules. Correct. Yeah, you just slap them in the face. Oh, we just we just hit him for free. Nice. I don't think there's anything else. Wolf, that was long. Uh, I really like the characters you guys have, though. That was good there and thanks uh brendan for sort of stepping in for that bit and sort of orchestrating that a little bit uh for that section of the conversation um even if i disagree with you half the time it's it's really good to have you around <laughs> well like uh, nick says it gave me the big pp so you know what <laughs> i thought that was just calling out the stats <laughs> Uh, I was calling out the stats and yeah. yelling so you overpower yeah. Peter. <laughs> All the big PP. All right. So with that out of the way, um, any any final questions on anything? Ugh. I have like. A character creation question. Shoot. Cool beans. Um, as far as like archetype versus the um, epic pack path, is the epic path like a substitute for the archety archetype? So, like instead of hunter or beastmaster or whatever, it's um, gifted one. No, no. So the Epic Path is a, uh, a separate uh, narrative structure that just tells you like some of the things your character wants to accomplish uh, and right. some of the items they'll get. Your archetype cool. is the uh, Amazonian Conclave thing. Right. Okay. That makes so much more sense. Okay. Yep. I was just really confused. You get one choice per class. That's it. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have the uh you definitely have the opportunity if you want to go ahead and uh look around for like a little mechanical bird because you get a stem fay uh as an amazonian oh, yeah. uh which i guess you i guess you named so there you go <laughs> i, I grabbed, did <laughs> i grabbed the basic default art uh for it uh but if you want to find like a mecha bird that 
is yours specifically, then you can definitely do that. Let me okay, connect this. Uh, HP. That you should have control over. Excuse me. Okay, I'll edit this after the fact. Any uh, any other questions? I think I know the answer, but just to clarify, we are currently at a tavern partway towards the Oracle. The sour something. We haven't heard anything from the Oracle yet. We're just told they can help you with whatever thing you guys are having problem with individually. And we do not actually know we are the chosen ones yet. Or has the the messenger said you are the chosen ones and the oracle need to hear you? No, the messenger has only told you that she can get you an audience with the the oracle, uh, and along with a reward for the crisis that she needs help with in the heartlands. So she'll pay you for that and get you an audience with the oracle. Um, it is known that there are supposed to be chosen ones for this doom of Thylea prophecy, but you don't know that that is you, correct? I mean, I know it's me. Of course you do. So we're we're doing a thing first before we go to the Oracle. Correct. Okay. You were doing a thing to to aid this person and to to prove, you know, that you're you're worthy of an audience with the Oracle anyway. Cool beans. All righty then. Well, that has been a journey. A fun one. It's only like five hours. Oh no, I'm like, I clicked and dragged a thing. Oh jeez. Okay, there we go. Oh no, are we all dead? Whew, I fixed it. I forgot to lock a, I forgot to lock the graphics in place. All right, yeah, so that is the uh, session zero in regards to all the rules and character creation and stuff about the world, all those questions. So I uh, hope you enjoyed this four hours and 45 minutes of me blabbing in your ear. Uh, <laughs> my throat hurts. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and uh, wrap that up uh, with uh, no other questions. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope to see you watching the actual heroes of Thylea as they uh, start their adventures. And be sure to go ahead and give a listen to. Uh, a run through the Court of Bones as well, as that'll be a separate video and separate podcast. Uh, so be sure to check that out and hear them go through a test dungeon I whipped up. And uh, yeah, check us out on Sundays at 5 p.m. for Heroes of Thylea starting February 9th. And be sure to check out uh, Linehead Gaming uh, on Twitch for D&D on Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern and Song of Rapture on Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. So without further ado, thank you so much for listening and good night. Bye. Toodles.